0: To Totalis Rankium this week Ronald Reagan Part Three. Hello and welcome to American Presidents Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie and I'm up ranking
1: all of the presidents from Washington to Biden, and this is episode forty point three. It's the final part. Of Ronald the Reagan. All those decimals. This is good. This is good. This is good. Plan this time. Planned three-parter. Mm. It was all very stress-free. It's fantastic. Nice, Nicely spaced out. We're in the third part, Jamie. This episode, we are going to find out all about how good Reagan was whilst he was president in his, well, second half of his first term and his second term. Mm. Uh, and then we are going to judge him. But before we do any of that, let's get this show on the road, Jamie.
0: Wham. Just a Wham concert playing on the TV. That's what is happening.
1: Okay, Wham Wham concert. Yep, it's playing on the TV. There's just a guy yeah. with his feet up on a table watching Wham uh, yes. on TV, and the camera. Wake me
0: up before you go go.
1: That's it. It's good. It's all playing in yep. the background, and then it zooms into the TV screen, and the, it goes into the TV screen. So you're now with Wham. Yes. I always want to be with Wham. It's a nice effect, isn't it? uh And where's where are Wham playing, Jamie? In a a place with a stage, there's lights. No, no. Well, there are lights, but it's not a stage. They're playing on top of a wall, Jamie. Oh! They're playing on top of the Berlin Wall. The famous,
0: most famous Wham! concert. The The thing they are known most for.
1: And they were singing Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, and as they were singing it, just panned down slightly as loads of cheering people, and there is Ronald Reagan strutting his groovy stuff to Wham! and just repeating... Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall uh, in, yeah. to, in the same tune as the Wham song, though. Gorbachev
0: and over again. to tear this wall down. Exactly. You have to do the dudders because he didn't have
1: any of the words. Yeah. Right. And then it just does that. And then the song ends, and everyone cheers and chants Reagan, 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 gun, hooray! And then George Michael jumps off the wall and Reagan catches him in his arms. Oh, beautiful. And then it just goes wham on the screen. And then that falls over (laughs) and behind it is the words Ronald Reagan, part three. Nice. Yes. Uh, uh, (laughs) You did some good rescue in there. That was good. Yeah, it was good. And then just behind that, you see George Michael push Reagan off the stage for reasons we will see later. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just get the impression George Michael would not have been a fan of Ronald Reagan. But we'll get into that. We will get into it. Right. Okay. So we left Ronald Reagan standing to ride the high of the improved economy as he managed to cut taxes, reduce the government and increase military spending. Yeah. Remember he he got his list of three things and they're all ticked off by Lionel's butler. Everything's going well. But it's not all going his way. Because if you remember, the national deficit is so high, he was forced to bring taxes back up. Something that really upset him. Had to rub off his big tick off the, uh, the taxes Aww, thing. It's a shame. Still, with the economy doing well, few people mind about the large deficit anymore. And generally, Reagan's popularity is going up. His major goals are achieved. So, what's he going to do for the rest of this episode and for the next six years? Uh, Russia. Yes, Well done. Hey, cool. (laughs) Got it. Got it in one. Yeah, Reagan had not become any less obsessed with Russia and those damn commies. He was determined to do something about the Cold War. Now, as covered last time, he was under the belief that if the United States kept racing full speed in the arms race, the Soviets would just give up and go home.
0: They're already home. Well. Well, well, some. Yeah, exactly.
1: Now there's little else he can do with this at this time. He's already up to the military budget, so okay. Well, what else can I do? He thinks maybe I could do something internal,
0: like an operation.
1: Uh, an operation on on America, Jamie. Oh, because nice. there is a cancer in America, and that is cancer. It the commies. No, 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 no. This oh, okay. is an internal one. It's a. It's inside the country. It's drugs, Jamie. It's drugs. Is this the war on drugs? It's the war on drugs, because drugs oh are bad. so
0: successful war on drugs. And,
1: and it's the war on drugs. Now, if you uh. remember, back in Nixon's episodes, back in 71, Nixon had mentioned the war on drugs. And as covered, yeah. this was all about, in fact, I'll quote here, prevention of new addicts and the rehabilitation of those who are addicted. That war on drugs was a war on addiction. Reagan also wanted to crack down on drugs, but... uh. He had a much more simple view on how to stop the drugs in America. Arrest everyone. (laughs) It's almost as if you know Jamie. Uh, No, his view was just say no.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Of course, you just have to say no. Well. If only it was that simple.
1: I say this is Ronald Reagan. It's actually Nancy Reagan who came up with this. Nancy Reagan was the carrot in the war on drugs. I mean, she wasn't much of a coward. <laughs> she was one day asked by a schoolgirl when she was touring and speaking on the dangers of drugs. "Madam First Lady, what if I'm offered drugs, says this young girl. And Nancy replied, just say no. And everyone around her went, oh my god. <gasps> Overnight, Jeez. all the social and economic problems that led to detrimental drug use just disappeared throughout the country. Wow. And uh, no one had a drug problem anymore. That is amazing. Yeah, no one, no one thought to just say no before. So no, that's that's great. Or that didn't happen. I can't remember which one it is. Um, (laughs) I'd I'd have to look it up. Uh, The "Just Say No" campaign, according to at least two studies in around 2014, uh, found really, really dumb. (laughs) Well, it found that the campaign had no provable impact on drug use. As you may be shocked to learn, critics described it as uh, reductive, uh, simplistic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, however, in its defence, it did what it set out to do. It made the Reagans seem to care about drugs. It put their fight against drugs uh, at the front of conversation. Mm. So Nancy was the, the, the nice side. The carrot, the, hey, isn't it nice we care? And we're saying, just say no to drugs to your kids. However, the real war on drugs was taking place not with the carrot, but the stick. And this was things like the federal budget for the FBI... To tackle drugs went from eight million to ninety-five million between 1980 and 1984. That's a lot of money, especially yeah. back then. Yeah, it's uh, over ten times uh, as high. All of a sudden, they've got a lot of money to tackle the drug problem. Laws were strengthened to criminalise drug takers. Mandatory minimum sentences were brought in for drug charges, as were civil asset forfeitures. Mm. So, if you're caught doing stuff with
0: Uh, Drugs, well, that's it. That's your house, scum. Isn't this a bit anti-conservative? Because that's very big government getting involved, isn't it? Interesting you say that, yes. Um, Okay. It's uh, a bit of a paradox in conservative (laughs)
1: thinking that it's... You don't a want like the whole abortion thing as well. It's very, yeah, you don't want big you know... government, apart from in a few cases, where suddenly big government is needed. In this case, it's to tackle crime. And we don't want crime, so a big law enforcement is what we want. Uh, but yes, you could argue there is a bit of a contradiction there, but the Conservatives in the GOP at the time certainly wouldn't see it as a contradiction. That all okay. fits what they believed. Many celebrated this as a crackdown. Fantastic. Few Americans, however thought that drugs were a major problem when Reagan started as president. It just wasn't really high on people's worries. They lived through the 60s, so... Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, After a few years of Reagan fighting the war on drugs, however, a lot of people in the country did see it as a problem. It was Mm. talked about a lot more, so lots of people saw it as a problem. Now, that's not to say that the moral panic was entirely fabricated. There was definitely an increase of cocaine pouring into the country. That was very real.
0: That's,
1: that's that's not a real drug. That's just a
0: party drug. It's fine.
1: I <laughs> oh, will get into that just now, in fact, because once <laughs> the detail of the new laws came in to deal with these drugs, and, and once people started looking at them, it became clear to many that the war on drugs had a huge, huge racial problem. Ah. Yeah. Because as it happened, like you just said, cocaine is just a party drug, isn't it? You're thinking yeah. of all the yuppies on Wall Street with their cocaine, aren't you? I'm thinking of of, Wolf of Wall Street, Exactly. That was powder cocaine. Oh, do you mean like Chrisley crack? Ah, no, that's a different thing. The the powder (laughs) cocaine, if you were caught with it, you had a mandatory five years in a federal prison minimum.
0: Bloody hell.
1: But you had to be caught with 500 grams or more.
0: That's a lot, though. That's half a kilo.
1: Yeah. So if you were caught with half a kilo... Of powdered cocaine, five years in federal prison. I
0: guess because if you got that much, you're more likely to be selling it rather than just yeah.
1: snorting it in one go. However, there was a different type of cocaine that was very popular at the time. And this is crack cocaine. This yeah. was crystallised cocaine. This also had the mandatory five years in federal prison if you were caught with it. This time, however, instead of 500 grams, it was five grams. Oh. That's the equivalent of five paperclips in your hand.
0: And you don't want to snort
1: them or smoke them either. (laughs) No. So, if you had five grams of crack cocaine, five years in prison. If you had half a kilo of powdered cocaine, five years in prison. I see the problem here. I'm just going to give you a wild guess. (laughs) Which version of cocaine do you think just happened to be more popular with the black population? Hmm, I am not sure. And which one do you think just happened to be most popular with the white population? Hmm. Yeah, uh, as you can imagine, all the white politicians in Washington using coke didn't want the sentences for them to be too severe, so they bumped that right up, thinking, well, I use the stuff, but I'm never carrying around half a kilogram, so that's fine. Uh, The other one, no. Oh, that's bad. That's what they use in the ghettos. Yeah, this had a very swift and hugely impactful consequence on American culture and society. Now, we certainly do not have time to go through how the war on drugs damaged America. If you want to know, go and watch The Wire. Read David Simon's (laughs) The Corner if you want to know uh, more details, or many other documentaries, podcasts, books, all sorts. Lots of people have discussed this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the war on drugs has been widely considered as a complete and utter failure. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is
0: is there a government's way of looking like they're doing something
1: as well? If it was just that, it was fine. But unfortunately, it just got twisted in this racial way where it was actively harmful towards the black population. Uh, So a couple of things, just so you can see how bad it was. Uh, The number of black people imprisoned on drug charges went up 500% in the years after these new laws. Guess what the increase in white drug users was? Was a net loss. <laughs> no, it, it was zero. No change at all. All right. Yeah. This led to the idea that drugs was a black problem. Look at all these black people being arrested for drugs. Oh, black people must all be drug users, thought people not paying attention. This yeah. just fed racial uh, stereotypes into the country. It still exists to this day. It was a failure that only exacerbated problems in a country that was already suffering racial problems. And it did next to nothing to solve the problems with drugs. Still, it must be said, a lot of this is in hindsight. Uh, Many people at the time, during Reagan's administration, thought that the war on drugs was what was needed. Uh, They're taking it seriously, because they're
0: telling us they're taking it seriously.
1: Yeah, so it certainly wasn't seen as a bad thing at the time. And in fact, some people to this day still think that the country should go back uh, to doing it. But it's, uh, like I say, it's safe to say it wasn't great. Uh, Still, Reagan... He's done his bit. He's said no to drugs. He's letting his underlings uh, work out all the ins and outs on that. Uh, So he's on to new things. Uh, The three big things, like I say, they're out the way. What else can he do? Uh, Deregulation, he thinks. Regulations are really bad, aren't they? They stop people making money. Yeah. Yeah. After all, the free markets could only be free if the government stopped interfering them. So in 82, he signed into law an act that meant that banks could provide loans without having to worry about all all that pesky business of them being financially safe. Don't need to actually make sure the loans are, like, solid. So, yeah, just do as many loans as you want. Uh, The idea for the bill was to revitalise the housing industry by making it easier for mortgage companies to give out loans. Give out all the loans you want, and then you'll get more money back. That's how money works. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, like, it's like free money almost. Yeah, and then, if you're really clever, you can start selling on that debt that you've accumulated because it's like money, isn't it? If someone owes you money, well, it's like you've already got the money. That's fine, just keep passing yeah. it around until the music stops. It will be fine, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, um, in reality, the ripping away of safety rules in the sector very quickly led to corruption and then ultimately the savings and loans crisis that would hit Bush Senior in the next mm. presidency. Again, at the time, many people thought this was a good move. In retrospect, it caused problems. Um, We're jumping a bit into the future here, but some historians have definitely drawn a fairly straight line between Reagan's deregulations and the financial crash of 2008 as well. So... um, yeah, I—that's I, a bit more dicey pulling it back that far. But as we will see, as we go through the next uh, couple
0: of presidencies, it's—it's uh, it's, it, that's it, not fanciful. It, it's almost like the first bit of rock tumbling down a snowy landscape. Yes, exactly. We're starting sort of to
1: thing. see politicians saying things like, "Do we really need to actually pay attention to the financial sector, or can they regulate themselves?" I'm well, sure. Yeah, it... everyone's everyone's moral and thinks of the greater good of the country. So yeah, of course, sure will be fine. But for now, just like with the war on drugs, a lot of people are fairly happy with what's going on here. Especially if you work in finance, by the way. Oh, a hoop you are, because guess what? You've just got a lot richer. Well done. Yay! Yay! I'm gonna buy some extra big shoulder pads to celebrate. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna perp my hair. Um, <laughs> Mullet. Oh, there must have been so many mullets, Jamie. Why haven't we mentioned the mullets yet? I mean, it's still only 82, so it's probably got a few more years to go. Okay, uh, the next three people I mention, they've got mullets, okay? Um, Fingers crossed for Trump. (laughs) Apart from Reagan, it's got to be a new person. Right. Margaret Thatcher. Oh, well, next three people, they've all got mullets. Right. Right. So anyway, all this is internal stuff. But like I say, Reagan's not really interested in this right now. He wants to sink his teeth into Russia. Uh, as we've seen, Reagan has views on Russia. He has had views on Russia for quite a while now. They've been building up for the last few decades, ever since the war. Uh, around this time, ABC asked um, Reagan about Russia. The news reporter who asked him obviously had a mullet. That's one. So there yep. you go. You've got a guy in a mullet asking um, him about Russia. And a moustache. And a moustache, yeah. Uh, denim. Double denim. He's wearing double denim. Oh. <laughs> oh. <I> feels sick. <laughs> That's how they rolled in ABC News back then. Um, Anyway, uh, Reagan replied this. The only morality they, being Russia, they recognise is what will further their cause, meaning they reserve unto themselves the right to commit any crime, to lie, to cheat, in order to attain that. So he just openly said, Russia a bunch of lying cheats. Hmm. Uh, Around this time, he calls them an evil empire. He really has views on Russia. (laughs) Do you think it's like a really panicky foreign secretary? Like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: seriously, Uh, seriously, Oh no, the
1: the foreign advisers he had at the time would have been cheering him on from the wings at this point. Yes, Uh, no one was trying to hold Nixon back. Uh, Anyway, this idea that the Russians were all liars and cheats and would do anything uh, to further their cause was a reference to the writings of Nikolai Lenin. Now, there's a slight problem with quoting Nikolai Lenin. Can you guess what it is?
0: Doesn't really exist.
1: Yep, you got it. Nikolai Lenin (laughs) does not exist. He's not a real person. Reagan didn't seem to realize that Nikolai Lenin wasn't Vladimir Lenin. And Nikolai Lenin had never existed. Uh, Reagan had a handful of quotes from Nikolai Lenin that he liked to use every now and again, all of them made up. And they all said things along the lines of We're all a bunch of and we want to see America burn. I'm very much power phrasing there, but that's pretty much what they were. Yeah, made up quotes. It would appear these came from a pamphlet that Reagan was given at some point from the John Birch Society. If you remember, I've mentioned the John Birch Society before. It was a far-right, ultra-conservative advocacy group. That's how they described themselves. Right, okay. You can... Decide for yourself what kind of people were in that group and what other groups may or may not have overlapped that group.
0: Ah, maybe yes. white hooded. Well, who knows?
1: Who knows? Who it knows? would all be no. alleged. Yeah. yeah, that's allegedly. All right. allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the Nazis. John Birch Society—very much powerful men in suits. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Anyway, uh, this is how it was as Reagan took power for the first few years. He referred to Russia, like I say, as an evil empire. He seemed to fully believe false information that had been fed to him. He just hated Russia. Uh, He thought Russia were going to destroy America. His advisors mostly were in agreement with the president. No backing down, keep pushing the Russians until they fall. No looking weak by talking about disarmament. Like Carter did. You just look weak and then they're push us over. However, where Reagan disagreed with most of his advisers was uh, how strong Russia was. His advisers, who were cheering from the wings as Reagan went in hard on Russia, thought that Russia was strong and getting stronger. They feared that Russia were going to win the Cold War. And that's why Reagan had to go in hard. Reagan himself, however, actually had a different view. He wanted America to get stronger because he believed Russia was weak. That's our quote here. What I want is to bring them to their knees so they will disarm
0: and let us disarm. We can do it. We have them on the ropes economically. That's quite it's quite astute and also quite positive outlook, actually. It's like, we want to disarm. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, uh, it's Reagan's uh, policy was arming his way to disarmament. I mean, that never, ever, ever works. But I, <laughs> you understand
0: the thought process.
1: I mean, it, it's a gamble. It's a huge gamble. Yeah. Uh, it's very few people agreed with him that that is what was going to work. His advisors thought they should be getting stronger because they wanted to win an all-out war when it came. People saying he should cool it with the rhetoric were worried that Russia were getting stronger and would start fighting. Very few people at this point agreed with Reagan that Russia were about to fall over. Yeah,
0: given the eight years.
1: However, there was one person who supported him. Yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. We've only had one mullet so far, haven't we? Yeah. I genuinely did not know this. Here we go, we've got our second mullet. <laughs> <laughs> who was the person who agreed with him?
0: W- was it... The leader of a foreign nation. It was
1: a leader of a foreign
0: nation. <gasps> oh! Was it? Was it? Was was it? Was it female? It was female. You... Was it Margaret Thatcher?
1: You have successfully given Margaret Thatcher a mullet. Well done.
0: Yes, <laughs> I've done what the miners couldn't. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Oh, Jamie, oh. we're talking about Margaret Thatcher. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. When were you born? What year were you born? 85.
1: 85. 85 I was born. Okay. Yeah. A couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister of Britain, the Iron Lady. Maggie Thatch. Yeah. Um, the two of them had met in 75, um, and he was touring the world, and Thatcher was the leader of the opposition in 75. They met, and it turned out they had some very similar views when it came to society and uh, economy, and the economy. (laughs)
0: Poor people suck!
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, they both thought, Jamie, that Mm -hmm. the best way uh, for people to succeed... Was to encourage them to work harder. That's how of course. I'm going yes. to put it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they, they both had very similar outlooks. They both got on with each other well. Then Thatcher went to America to visit Reagan a month after his inauguration. Uh, this is in 81.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was she's from 79, wasn't she?
1: Yes. Yeah, so she's prime minister yeah. at this point. He's now president. The
0: two of them. Mm, turned out well for both of them.
1: Oh, well, the two of them get, get on like a house on fire. The house on fire that they've left and they've, like... <laughs> the, the help is still in there. <laughs> Thatcher just started uh, at roughly the same time as Reagan, uh, dismantling mm. the welfare state of Britain. And those of you living uh, not in Britain, or maybe you're in Britain and you don't know our country's uh, history too well, oh, wow, did Thatcher manage to do that. Uh, mm. She absolutely ripped away uh, the welfare state over here. Uh, she believed that capitalism and free markets were the way to build a better society. And, uh, oh, who else thinks that? Yes, that's Reagan. So, uh, yeah, the two of them get on very well. It's not to say they always agreed with each other, though. When Thatcher decided to send the armed forces of Britain to defend the Falkland Islands... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Reagan didn't want to get wrapped up in the politics of this. This was one of his closest allies in Europe interfering with a country in the Americas. Now, if you think about this podcast and uh, American history, America historically has always had problems with Europe interfering in the Americas. Mm. And uh, Reagan didn't want to jump up and down too much and say, yes, of course we support you,
0: Britain. That isn't the American way. And that kind of makes sense. I mean, I I kind of get it as well. Because you can probably say, oh, I disagree with what's happening, but we're not going to send our troops to die for... British island that's almost two-thirds of the way around the world. Well, what what did happen is uh, Reagan attempted
1: to get Argentina to talk diplomatically. Hmm. Settle this with words and let's not start fighting. It didn't really go anywhere. Um, so it was decided eventually that America would very lukewarmly support Thatcher. <laughs> we just won't make a big deal of it. We're just okay, I suppose. They, they just got one guy in Albuquerque to go, woo! Yeah, something like that. I mean, back in Britain, uh, Thatcher managed to win her next election based on this because, oh, she was unpopular until the Falkland War. Um, So it worked for her. Uh, But in America, it was just this weird thing that was going on that Reagan tried to just... nor really because it was a bit embarrassing but apart from this Reagan enjoyed that he was usually in step with the Prime Minister who seemed to be at least well respected internationally even if she wasn't necessarily (laughs) popular in her own country her popularity fluctuated wildly yes but internationally she was seen as a force to be reckoned with and other leaders of countries respected what she had to say and Reagan this
0: lady's not for turning
1: yes exactly and uh, don't forget Reagan's still struggling with uh, this, uh, am I being seen as a serious political player or do people still think of me as an ex movie star? Mm. So, having Thatcher's support, he did actually enjoy.
0: Yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah. Uh, Britain and America, special relationship, arguably closer than we have seen them, uh, which is nice. Isn't that nice, Jamie? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, in order to keep the pressure on, uh, keeping back the Soviet menace, the CIA were given the go ahead to start covertly sabotaging Soviet infrastructure. In 80- did they block all their toilets? Oh, slightly bigger than that. Uh, in oh. 82, a nuclear-sized explosion occurred in Siberia as a result of the CIA just uh, dabbling. Yeah. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> D- so did they blow something up that was russian or did they it send was a, missile a over?
1: computer virus and this is the early days of computer viruses and computer wow, warfare yeah. yeah they managed to get a computer virus into um, the soviets uh,
0: network and uh, yeah it, massive explosion wow in siberia but um, i guess they learned from that though cuz now all the nuclear things are off like the grid almost they're isolated so you can't really yes like it's hard to connect to a, in remotely mm. hardly any, so any of I, them
1: uh, use AOL anymore I I know. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Ask Jeeves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was only revealed much later um, in time that this was actually America's doing. At the time, throughout all of Reagan's presidency, that was just seen as an accident. Uh, But just now, America were up to that. But where Reagan really wanted to push back against the Soviets was Central and South America. This was where he was most worried about the Soviets. He had in his head another one of those fake... Nikolai Lenin quotes that he thought mm. was real about how they really wanted South America. In fact, I'll give you the uh, fake quote here. We won't have to take the United States the last bastion of capitalism, because it will fall into our hands like overripe fruit if
0: we take South America. That's some confidence right there. Yeah, so... the fake writer.
1: Yeah, so Reagan thought, oh no, they're going to come and take us like overripe fruit unless we kick them out of South and Central America. Uh, <laughs> I'm not
0: a banana.
1: <laughs> Reagan thought JFK had messed up with the Bay of Pigs. Remember, Reagan... Well, so did everyone, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 wait, wait. Not because it was a whole mess, but because Reagan <laughs> thought the president didn't push hard enough. He should, have oh. really, he should have leaned into the Bay of Pigs much more, is what Reagan thought. Yep. Uh, <laughs> remember, Reagan was no fan of JFK whatsoever. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he wanted to be a lot harder. Now, currently, Cuba's not the hotspot. That's in the past... Uh, The hotspot at the moment is Nicaragua. The country had fallen to a communist coup not long before, and Reagan was worried that this would lead to a spread across the continent of communism, and those countries would rush to the Soviets. Therefore, the administration started highlighting the evils of the new government in Nicaragua and the virtues of the group trying to overthrow them. Uh, This group trying to overthrow them were called the Contras. The Contras were a right-wing counter-revolutionary force in the country, uh, and they were made up from the remnants of the old Somoza dictatorship. So that was who was in charge before. Um, but also I do like a Somoza <laughs> anti-Somoza <laughs> groups uh, who also <laughs> felt like the current coup wasn't working out for them. So basically, anyone who hadn't won the coup was now after the people who got the coup. Right. Uh, and, yeah, this uh, created what we now call the Contra. And as you can imagine, uh, coups and counter-coups, they're never very nice, are they? They're always a bit no. messy. Yeah. Uh, so you, no one comes out of them looking good. But the Contra were definitely a bit dodgy, shall we say. Uh, don't think innocent freedom fighters. Oh. Uh, yeah. Think uh, war crimes.
0: Oh okay,
1: yeah, uh, they mercenaries
0: were mercenaries, kind of thing uh well, not, no, not mercenaries, no, I mean. they
1: were fighting for a cause, uh they routinely yeah. were murdering civilians, executing That never helps your cause no, executing officials, judges, doctors, etc. why uh, doctors it's just what they were doing. they were terrorizing, basically, That's trying dumb. to bring the new government to right. its knees. however, Reagan decided that backing these people was the best way to get rid of the communist interest in the area. So, the CIA were ordered to provide weapons and train the Contra. So horrified were many members of Congress that Reagan was simply going to finance a group of people routinely committing war crimes, uh, that Congress passed a law prohibiting the Department of Defense to spend any money on the Contra. That's right. that's how bad this was seen as. It's like that is, no,
0: that's quite bad.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, okay, they're fighting communists as well, but we no, we will not fund those people. They are doing no. bad things over there. So, what do you think
0: Reagan did? Uh, did he overrule that? it's you know. No, no, the right? law went through.
1: Um, okay. But he realised that he could get one finger and put it in one ear, get the other finger and put it in another ear. And then make the noise, la 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 la, and then carry on. Ah, oh, fair enough. Yes, uh, he simply well, ignored solves it. Solves that problem, not it? He raised funds through back channels instead of through the, uh, uh, the defense budget. Uh, which, as we are going to see towards the end of the episode, this is going to come back to bite him just a little bit. But oh, yeah. for now, all you need to know that the CIA is still offering the Contra advice that they should gather up the local population for public tribunals to, and I quote, shame, ridicule, and humiliate officials. And the CIA were also recommending gathering the local population to witness and take part in public executions. Bloody hell. Yeah, this is not nice. This isn't good no. stuff. Uh, meanwhile, Reagan ordered the CIA to deal arms in various other countries to keep the Soviets on their toes The Mujahideen in Afghanistan were given Stinger missiles Arms were given to rebels in Angolia and Cambodia uh, And generally that was going on So um, I'm going to come back to this towards the end of the episode But just know it starts pretty much straight away Yeah uh, But all this is in the background The main problem is Russia itself This is, this is all the periphery stuff Uh, Reagan had come across something that really, really excited him when it came to Russia and the Cold War. Because large anti-nuke protests had started taking place throughout the country and throughout Europe. Reagan's increase in military spending had led the world to believe, or at least large parts of the world, to believe that uh, he wanted to make lots more nukes. And uh, uh, a lot of people didn't want more nukes. No, that's almost anti-peace, you could say. You could almost say that. So, a lot, so large anti-nuke protests were were coming up. Reagan was convinced that these protests were coming from communist insurgents in the country stirring up trouble. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It can mean no other thing except communists because every American wants to blow and destroy. He's he's still
1: in the Red Scare in Hollywood. That's where he is, his mindset here. Uh, However, one day in 82, a nuclear physicist pitched an idea to Reagan that seemed perfect. This man was uh, called Edward Teller, and Teller told the president that they could, with, to be fair, sufficient research, develop a space-based anti-nuke defense system using x-rays. And at that point, the strobe lights came on, and the... <gasps> whoa, 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 came on. <laughs> <and, laughs> yeah. yeah. Some yeah. UFOs came and hovered outside the White House. Oh, it was all very sci-fi and very, very cool. That's uh, quite cool, though. To be fair, yeah. Space lasers, Jamie. Space lasers were going to shoot oh. down the nukes, essentially. These aren't lasers, Rob. Ah, oh, well. Just... I know it. I know it destroyed your joke. I'm sorry, but that's what sensible Samuel said at the side, and Ray told him to <laughs> shut up. It's space lasers, damn it, and they are shooting nukes out the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this became known as the Strategic Defense Initiative, or mm. the SDI. Uh however, uh it mostly got called by its nickname, which was Star Wars. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we'll get into it in a in a moment. Uh yeah, this... a, they're a great series of films. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> this was a new idea to the arms race. Instead of talking about mutual destruction, this could render the Soviet's power useless overnight. And this is key without having to threaten to kill people.
0: Yeah, is it is a truly just defensive way of doing it? And you can yeah. get rid of nukes completely. Yeah. Why don't we all have this?
1: Oh, it sounds brilliant, doesn't it? I mean, Reagan yeah. was there, as excited as you are right now. Those around Reagan looked into the idea, going, well, this is amazing. So, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh dear. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Turns out this, this is a pipe dream. This isn't realistic. We don't have the technology to do this. However, his advisors did stop and think about it and go, well, it's not useless. Because, okay, we, we won't be able to do this. Almost certainly we won't. However, it could be used as a bluff. If they poured money into the research, if they gave or pour this money and started researching this really seriously, the Soviets would think that they had the technology. And then they who knows? Like
0: a fake satellite. Yeah. And if the Soviets... With a microwave in it for the, for the x ray. <laughs> oh, no. It was an X-ray machine. So just, yeah, you know. exactly. Um, and if the Soviets think that
1: we've got the technology, we will have a bargaining chip. And who knows? Who knows? If we do throw enough money at it, maybe, maybe the boffins will have a breakthrough and they will actually do it, the mad fools. <laughs> unlikely but uh, what's the worst that can happen let's we, we have got a stupid budget at the moment uh, because reagan's like given us so much money so let's let's do it
0: so also x-rays are really weak like they don't travel very far Kay. like they dissipate like, like the i say so, uh, most I mean, people
1: realize very quickly this was never going to work yeah I mean if even yeah. I realise that then surely but well, one person who didn't realise this realize. even after he was told was Reagan himself he was a full <laughs> believer he believed that the United States <laughs> could develop such a thing damn it we put a man on the moon we can do one of these we invented embedded... do
0: you think out of his desk he like opens his jaw saying right because the new x-rays that are coming through I've made a hat out of tin foil I'm gonna wear it <laughs> just in case just in case and he puts a little one on Lionel's head as well
1: Oh. Yeah, can't be too yeah. careful um, Yeah, no, he believed in America He believed in American ingenuity if That's a, the thing, you just have to believe Just have to believe, so let's yeah. do it So he went public, and he told everyone about it We are going to come up with a way of stopping nukes from firing them from space In this speech, he asked the scientists of America to bring the world the means of And I quote, rendering nuclear weapons impotent and obsolete and this is the speech that became known as the Star Wars speech because, frankly, <clears throat> it sounded like something out of Star Wars. In retrospect, dun, that was a bad choice of music for him to come on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Reagan's cock-a-hoop with this. He's just announced to mm. the world that he's going to get rid of uh, the nuclear threat. All those bloody protesters can go home now, yeah? He thought. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, pan over to uh, Russia. Lots of laughing. Oh no, not lots of laughing. That would have been okay. Lots of laughing would have been fine. (laughs) No, screaming, panic. Oh. Yeah, Uh, the Soviet leadership just went into overdrive. Brezhnev, by the way, had died recently after 18 years of being in charge. Now, uh, a man named Yuri Andropov was in charge. Uh, According to the intelligence that the Soviets had, this was a precursor to an American first strike. Reagan coming out and saying this is an indicator that the Americans were about to start all-out nuclear war. They had the capability to attack. We already know that, they said. And now they are coming up with the technology to stop us retaliating. And as soon as they've got that in place, there is nothing stopping them from just wiping us off the map.
0: You could understand that point of view.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, The scientific community in Russia were then asked by the political leaders in Russia. Are they bluffing? Can they do this? Can they really shoot our nukes out of space? This was the laughing part, I'm guessing. Well, the, the scientists over there went, uh, don't think so. I mean, yeah, yeah. we X-rays certainly work. can't do that. There was yeah. no way in hell we'd be able to do that. So I don't see how the Americans could do it. But that Reagan sounded really confident, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> they, maybe they've had a breakthrough we don't know about. And that just gnawed. On the Russians. Yeah. Maybe the Americans had a breakthrough. The SDI, if achieved, would rip apart the balance of power. And that scared a lot of people. Not just in Russia, across the world. It's like, at the moment, things are tense, but they're balanced. But if America suddenly become that much stronger, who knows what will happen. And uh, word that everyone is now feeling very nervous, gets back to Reagan and uh, he was a little bit shocked. He thought his message was one of peace and it would make everyone happy. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I guess so. Because
1: this is the way he's solving the problem. Yeah, you can see why he'd think that. It's not a stupid thing (laughs) for him to think, but also you can see why the Russians are thinking the way out there. Oh, it's it's all tense. Um, Yeah, Uh, but it's fine. He quickly comes up with a solution. He stated that if America managed to develop a system that could shoot down nukes from space he would give the technology to the Soviets. That's quite clever. Everyone can have it. If we've yeah. all
0: got it, no one can use nukes. Problem solved. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying earlier. So if we've all had that blanketing the whole planet, yeah. problem solved. Pan over to Russia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> More screaming. Uh, <laughs> this confirmed in the Soviet leadership's minds, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to kill us all. <laughs> This is clearly a bluff. There's no way the Americans are just going to give us their best technology. So they're clearly lying. Why are they lying? It's because they want to kill us. So uh, tensions
0: rise some more. This is really funny. Thinking back to our Star Trek podcast. No, oh, yeah. Patrons, um, the, the Romulans were based on Russia in the 60s. Um, oh, were they? By being a bit untrustworthy and not... Just you know, not, not quite believing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cold war yeah.
1: stereotypes of the yes. other I, side. Yeah. Yes, I will be going yeah. into that soon. Oh, oh, interesting, interesting yeah. little tease there for mm. the first real episode of Star Trek. A little tickle. Oh, nice. Anyway, meanwhile, <laughs> uh, at home in the White House, uh, things are also tense. Oh, you didn't use your third mullet, Jamie. I said the next three, but you can just choose. You can choose the next person to have a mullet. All right. Uh, so we're in the White House. Things are tense. Reagan's
0: starting... No, Russian guy. The Russian, Russian leader. Him. Uh, Andropov. Yeah. Massive mullet. Okay. Like he... An altar mullet. So, like, the back is down to his, like, waist. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. I mean, he's going to die very soon, so you might regret wasting your mullet on him. But that's fine. No, he, he regrets wasting the mullet. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, why, why are things tense in the White House, Jamie, I hear you ask. Um, well, Reagan's style of leading by giving the big picture and letting his underlings just get on with things unsupervised <laughs> had led to, shall we say, a little bit of corruption. Oh. Yeah. We've praised his uh, style of leadership uh, in previous episodes. Yep. He's um, just said, yeah, this is how I view things, and then he's hired people to get it done. Uh, And I I stand by that praise. I think it's it's worked Mm. well. But this is definitely the downside because he then doesn't check in. Hmm. And uh, several people were being a little bit corrupt. Several people were forced to resign at this point for things like envelopes of cash being found after interviews had been arranged with Nancy. Uh, Things like that. Nothing earth-shattering at this point. Just some low-level corruption. But just know it's going on. I will go into more detail when some bigger things happen later. Um, Around this time, Reagan hired a new Secretary of State. And this is a man named Schultz. Uh, Schultz, unlike almost all of Reagan's advisors, did not come from the far right of the GOP. Remember, Reagan was very much the child of the far right of the GOP. They put him there. Schultz wasn't one of them, though. He was more moderate, less hawk-like. Schultz started to talk to Reagan about the possibility of maybe, Reagan, um, we could open up some communications with the Soviets because at the moment all we're doing is getting rumours of them panicking every time you open your mouth. (laughs) Uh, Screaming is ridiculous. Yeah, so maybe now we are developing the SDI, uh, which apparently we are, um, can we maybe think about going back to reducing the amount of nukes at the same time, and opening up channels of communication. Yeah? Um, Reagan was actually open to this idea. Uh, He wasn't quite as hardline as some of his advisors. Okay, um, I can talk to them. In fact, Reagan thought if he could talk to one of the leaders of Russia, uh, then actually tensions would cool down almost immediately because he would just be able to convince them that he wasn't a threat. Uh, So, Schultz puts out feelers. He gets a response. Okay, if you guys want to talk, we're open to it. Reagan wrote in his diary, and I quote, I think I'm a hardliner and will never appease, but I do want to try and let them see that there's a better world if they're show by deed that they want to get along with the free world. So, we're starting to see Reagan soften slightly here. Uh, Reagan mm-hmm. writes a letter to Andropov, uh, which he first showed to his national security advisor. Uh, this was a man named Clark. Clark wore a Stetson. Uh, he, wore, he wore cowboy boots. He hung a Colt 45 on his wall mm. and he called the gun the judge. Ah. So he's a bit of a... So I'm, go- I'm just going to let you guess what political views he had. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just know that he was the national security advisor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all you need is a Colt 45.
1: Clark was horrified that Schultz had started all of this talking to the Reds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Clark looked in horror at what Reagan wanted to say in a letter to the Soviet leader. Reagan, in a letter, was talking about reducing the number of nukes in the world. In fact, he even mentioned a future where there were no nukes at all. Good God. Clark put his cow-booted foot down and told the President that this would make the United States look weak to their enemy. The Russians will look at this, laugh, and they will become bold and confident. Reagan agreed, so decided to take it out. So in the end, the letter was very wishy-washy and did nothing at all. It's a very bland letter. It didn't suggest anything more than just dialogue, which, I mean, the letter already <laughs> was dialogue. Hey, Mom- Russia. Weather here is quite warm. Yeah. Not bad. Hope you're well. Uh, yeah. Antropov uh, was ill, like I say. So he read this letter, he stroked his mullet, and then he died for the <laughs> Yeah. Well... Yeah. Don't stroke your mullet. Exactly. So, that's a shame. Still, things do seem to be getting slightly better between the two superpowers. But then something bad happened. Uh, The Soviets shot down a Korean passenger plane that was close to their border. This plane happened to have a US congressman on it. Not just a congressman, but the president of the John Birch Society. Oh, how unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, that is not good. No. No. Um, In some ways. Intense pressure was put on Reagan from the far right of the party to immediately declare punitive actions.
0: Uh, (laughs) Russia, send your most racist (laughs) and we (laughs) shall shoot him down in a plane. Well, Reagan resisted,
1: uh, realizing this was a dangerous situation. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he didn't just pander to the right of his party immediately. Uh, I mean, on air, he did call it a massacre. Um, He didn't pull his punches verbally, uh, but he did refrain from declaring any action just yet. Uh, However, he did slip slightly when he came away from the official White House line, because he speculated that the plane was shot down on purpose because uh, the US congressman was on board. Uh, That was not the official White House line, but it's obviously what Reagan believed in his heart. Yeah. Uh, in Russia, they they have just lost it by this point with Reagan, because he's now using words like massacre and, um, yeah. They start calling <laughs> Stop Reagan... Stop saying
0: Star Wars!
1: Well, they start calling Reagan a madman. They start comparing him to Hitler. They really lose it with, with Reagan. They are convinced that Reagan wants to wipe them off the map. Uh, from his secret hospital, Andropov declared that the United States and Russia would never achieve any kind of peace with Reagan in charge. Uh, things have gone south quickly. But this is history, Jamie, and events move quickly. In October of 83, a bomb went off in Beirut, in Lebanon, killing 241 US Marines. A lot of death. Biggest since the yeah. Vietnam War. Uh, this wow. was an attack on a peacekeeping force in the area during the Lebanese Civil War, which we do not have time to go into, Jamie. Uh, so we're not going to. Two days later, <laughs> Reagan approved the US invasion of Grenada. Grenada. Yeah, this is an island in the Caribbean with a population of 100,000 people.
0: I was going to say, don't they specialise in, like, nice food?
1: Yeah, if you've ever been, like, sailing around the Caribbean and, like, tripped over an island, it could be Granada. It's not big. It's not big.
0: Don't... It's not (laughs) invading... What? (laughs) Well, is the- it his use to send all the troops over for a holiday? Is that kind of what it is? <laughs> well, the previous really ruler
1: on, on Grenada had uh, been assassinated by a member of his own Cuban backed black power government for um. not being radical enough. Oh. Now, Reagan claimed that the bombing in Lebanon and the assassination in Grenada were both all about Russia. In a, in a speech afterwards Reagan painted both events As proof that the Russians Were behind all The major world events I mean This just isn't true But it worked no. for Reagan At the time The at the time Underground Hezbollah They hadn't come out As a, a recognised force By this point uh, But that's who Had done the bo- the bombing It was uh, Hezbollah and Iran Were behind the bombing It ultimately Was figured out And it had nothing To do with the Soviets Whatsoever It had everything To do with all the stuff That we've talked about In previous episodes In the Middle East um, all the stuff with iran and uh, it's complex over there uh we've we yeah. dabbled in it the middle east does not need the russians involvement to explain the bombing it just wasn't anything to do with russia uh, the coup in in granada did to be fair have links to the cold war um but it was so small fry that the u.s response to it was seen as alarming to pretty much everyone in the world the invasion lasted two days, as the largest military in the world took on a tiny island.
0: That's almost embarrassing.
1: Yeah. The United Nations passed a resolution that passed 108-9 to 9 that stated, and I quote, "...it deeply deplored the armed intervention in Grenada, which constitutes a flagrant violation of international law, and of the independence, sovereignty, and territorial integrity of that state." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, America walked into a foreign country and just took the leader off and put a new leader on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thatcher, by the way, uh, not happy in the slightest. Oh, good. Because uh, Granada obviously is a Commonwealth state. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah, this is one of their falling outs. Yeah, this is one of their falling outs. Reagan had, to be fair, let her know. He hadn't let many people know, but he let Thatcher know. (laughs) Um, Beforehand what they were going to do Not very long before, like literally hours But did let her know before Uh, Thatcher very quickly uh, Sent a response back I quote her I cannot conceal that I am deeply disturbed By your latest communication You asked for my advice I have set it out and I hope that even at this Late stage you'll take it into account Before the events are irrevocable She said Nice Yeah (laughs)
0: So it's I, like being here with Thatcher It really is, it, it's
1: spot on It's like yeah. uh, Gillian Anderson It's like when it she is. played yes. her that's, <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> uh, Anyway, Reagan didn't listen He probably muttered to himself something about the Falkland Islands I'm guessing Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> went ahead anyway Back home in the States After a double whammy of the deaths of 241 Marines But then a military victory Reagan's popularity saw a surge no longer are we losing militarily to the Soviets. Yeah, we we drew. We drew. That was right. We drew in Vietnam, um, and that was embarrassing. And now we're being attacked cowardly with bombs, but we are winning militarily when we invade Soviet countries. That was Hell yeah. That's what people were were saying. It's how they were spinning yeah. this. Meanwhile, uh, just pan over to Russia. Are they screaming again? Yeah, more screams. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, America are now moving their troops around the globe in, for reasons that seem very suspect. Why have you just moved all your armed forces to a tiny island the Caribbean? There were also some military maneuvers around this time which were, um, let's say, quite uh, gung-ho. A lot of troops were moved around. Uh, Russia are feeling very, very nervous. Shortly after this, the CIA managed to get some intelligence. And they took this intelligence to Reagan, and Reagan was shocked at what he heard. Apparently, the Russians were now seriously worried that the United States were about to start a first-strike nuclear war. Like, seriously worried. They felt like they were closer to a war breaking out than any time since the Cuban Missile Crisis. In Russia, they were at Cuban Missile Crisis level, psychologically. Oh, wow. Reagan was taken aback. What? (laughs) We're not in a Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm trying to be peaceful. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm ramping up the military, but I'm not going to use it. I'm just trying to use it to, like, hurt their economy. Why don't they understand that? (laughs) (laughs) He said. After all, uh, the US are the good guys. There's no way the US were going to start the nuclear war. That's what the Russians want to do, thought Reagan. He really struggled with the concept that the Russians would think the exact opposite. Mm. Uh, he think, really I th- did
0: I think this almost highlights his I don't think naivety is the right word but you know when you've got people that are trained politicians may have a bigger world view than yeah, maybe Reagan maybe. has
1: yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's naivety is not quite the right word, is it? No. Because he, he's he's not he's not stupid. He's or not naive. naive. No, not at all. Um, but he does have a a fierce view of America. He's very patriotic. Yeah. yeah. And he obviously struggles to understand that other people might not see America in that way. <laughs> We're not the world police. What? <laughs> well, Reagan uh, starts to get very worried at this point. Uh, maybe he starts to think I've been pushing too hard. <laughs> right, I really would like to talk to someone high up over there, he starts to say to his advisors. I, I, if I could just talk to someone and say we won't attack you, it would call tension, surely. So can I please talk to someone? Get this set up. Roughly this time, Reagan was advised that having the Stetson wearing Clark around with his Colt 45 was probably not helping any chances of talking with the Soviets. So, Reagan starts looking for a way to get rid of his national security advisor. Uh, fortunately, something comes up almost immediately, you'll be pleased to know, because the Secretary of the Interior was caught being horribly racist, so was forced out of his job. Brilliant. How nice. So, Clark yeah. was moved into that job. How? how <laughs> well, nice. I'll be the judge of that. Click, click. Yeah. So, uh, Clark goes off um, to be the secretary of the interior. Wanders into the interior with his uh, with his Cult 45. Uh, his replacement was less hardline and did not attempt to block Schultz, the moderate advisor. Now, by this time, Antropov is dead. Him and his mullet are buried.
0: Aww. His
1: replacement, Shlenko, was now in charge. Do you like this guy? Got any opinions on this guy? He's dead, Jamie. He's already dead. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was about he, to say I I loved his mustache, but I... uh, he lasted about a year.
1: Um, All right. <laughs> yeah. So the attempts of communication with him went nowhere. It didn't help that around this time Reagan was caught on a mic, uh, a hot mic. They were doing a test. He was just ad-libbing, doing a mic test, and it was recorded. Uh, what's one thing you don't think an American president should be joking about at this time?
0: Um, how terrible Russia is—that sort of thing. I'll, I'll just quote,
1: "My fellow Americans, I am pleased to tell you that today I have signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes." No, <laughs> no, even as a joke. No, there were there were certain times where yes. you don't make jokes when Not you're the, the president. <laughs> You don't make jokes like that.
0: (laughs) No, you really don't.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Uh, around this time, the next election's coming around. Uh, Nancy didn't want Reagan to run again. She wanted him to step down. Uh, She had started to see signs that would take others a lot longer to see. At least it's theorised here. Uh, Reagan's starting to tie. He's quite old by this point. He's in his 70s. And something's not quite right with Reagan, or at least Nancy's spotting it. He was getting confused. His memory was getting worse. Um, He's not as sharp as he was Uh, Still Nancy's not going to convince uh, Her husband to not run again Who wants to be a one term president It's just embarrassing It really is Can you
0: imagine the embarrassment?
1: So, um, yeah, so he's going to run again. The economy is still doing very well, as we've talked about. The patriotic bump after invading the tiny island nation meant that Reagan was actually doing quite well at this point. So he wins in another landslide. Something that really confused and frustrated his many critics in Washington. Because believe me, he had lots of critics. Reagan was becoming known as the Teflon president. As I mentioned earlier, we haven't had time to go through the cases individually. But if we go by the numbers of investigations, indictments and convictions of individuals in the Reagan administration, you can argue it is the most corrupt in US history. Until 2016 or including oh, 2016? We will, we will have to wait until all of that pans out. <laughs> yeah. uh, what I'm saying here is um, it rivals Nixon's administration.
0: Oh, wow. OK.
1: Yeah. Really? Uh, yes.
0: That, that's, that's kind of impressive in a way.
1: Yeah, it's always hard to do counts of number of people who got caught being corrupt um, because of pardons, and did they do it, and were they indicted, were they convicted? There's all different parts of the law going on, and it makes it all confusing. But one tally I read said 138 officials in Reagan's administration <laughs> were indicted, investigated, or convicted. Um, <laughs> Just know, there's a wee bit of corruption going on in the administration.
0: Just a smidgen. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so his critics in Washington were getting very frustrated. They were looking at one of the most corrupt administrations in US history, and then they were looking at the landslide election that he's just won, and were very annoyed. But despite almost non-stop drip-feed officials being found breaking the law, none of this seemed to touch Reagan. Most of the public seemed happy to believe that, There were many bad apples in the Reagan administration, but Reagan didn't know about that. He's just trying to get his job done. Reagan's leadership style meant that he was, to be fair, usually unaware of the crimes being committed around him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's probably very true, yeah.
1: Yeah, but he's not stupid. Far from it. He must have realised something was up, and in fact, in some cases, as we will see in a bit, he actively knew about things happening and laws being broken. But mostly he was just happy to let his underlings get on with things whilst he focused on bigger picture stuff. As a result of this, his second term was mostly dominated by pet projects of his underlings that he had little to do with. This was mainly a continuation of what he had started. This was more tax reform, more stripping of social security. Uh, One area that he did not get involved in much at all certainly not to begin with, was the growing health epidemic that was ripping through the country at the time. First discovered in the late 70s, AIDS had become a huge problem in the country. And by 1984, it was discovered that the source of AIDS was a retrovirus called HIV. This had started to kill a lot of people. Reagan, at first, was very sceptical that HIV, or AIDS, was a big deal. He assumed it was similar to measles, it was something you would get and you'd get over. Uh, To be fair to Reagan, a lot of people thought like this at the time, and not much was known about it to begin with, because not many people were researching it. But Reagan stuck with that it's just like measles for a long time. Eventually, however, as the death toll rose, it became clear that this was potentially one-off, if not the most serious health problem of the century. Up there with the Spanish flu of uh, the 20s and stuff like that, this was a serious epidemic going on. So something had to be done. However there was a problem. Can you guess what the problem is, Jamie?
0: Either black or gay people?
1: Well, due to the way that um, it was transmitted, one of the groups most susceptible to HIV and AIDS were gay men.
0: Uh.
1: Yeah, and uh, this was a problem for the Reagan administration. Because amongst the far right of the GOP at the time... I'm just going to put it bluntly: a lot of them were homophobic. Uh, one of Reagan's aides outright said, "Failure to make moral judgments is why we have this epidemic." Oh, yes. Those that weren't homophobic around uh, Reagan were working within a political system that was. Now, Reagan personally would not have seen himself as uh, homophobic. Uh, "Live and let live" was pretty much his philosophy on things like this. Uh, no one should be arrested for being gay. He believed. That was government interference. But, in typical Reagan style, he also refused to accept that gay people should be helped in any way by the government to live their lives. To the point that he would say things like this, and I quote, Those people, yeah, are demanding recognition and approval of their lifestyle, and no one has a right to demand that. Which is not a good thing to say. No. No. Now, Reagan would swear blind, and probably would have believed it himself, he would have said that quote about any group of people. So therefore he wasn't being homophobic. He would have said no one has a right to demand recognition and approval. But, But (laughs) But. (laughs) just like he was offended at being called racist but then enacted deeply racist drug laws, the fact is that Reagan and his administration actively chose not to take on the AIDS epidemic as much as they could and should have done. And the reason they did this was homophobia. Now, not wanting to anger the moral right that supported him, Reagan just stayed quiet on the subject all the way up until 85, where he finally mentioned it in a press conference in passing. Then a year later, he declared that they would look for a vaccine. So he's he's finally on board in 86. Uh, the White House proposed two billion dollars to look into a vaccine. Congress that's, then, a, that's a chunk of change as well. Oh yeah, yeah, and then Congress um, more than doubled it. It went to wow. over 5 billion, and then Reagan did sign that. Um, so, he did sign into law in 86, uh, and he started to get the scientific community looking into it a bit more. Uh, but Good. to many, many people, this is far too little, far too late. Yeah. Most understood that a miracle vaccine was not going to happen overnight, and they should have been looking into this a long time ago yeah. when they realised roughly what was going on. Even Thatcher's government in Britain was putting forth a health campaign to make sure that people understood the facts behind the epidemic. Mm. You've you've watched It's a Sin, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's things were happening in other countries, yeah. even other countries that had the same type of government. Uh, Reagan's administration was doing next to nothing in regard to public awareness. Had his administration raised awareness more, perhaps fewer of the one hundred thousand people who died of AIDS during his wow. term would have died. That number goes up to nearly half a million people once you get into the 90s, because obviously people were getting it in the 80s and then surviving until the 90s. Yeah, yeah so um, a lot of people died, and this epidemic was not treated effectively. Uh, so he had yeah. a stigma attached to it, which is yeah. awful. It, yes, exactly. So that's not good. It's not good at all. But as we've seen, mm. Reagan wasn't interested in all that stuff. He's still focusing on his one focus, and that was nothing to do with AIDS. It was Russia. He's going to deal with Russia. He's in his second term now, and as you're going to see, his second term is almost as if he was a different president in regards to Russia. His first term was build up the military, dominate Russia militarily, scare Russia. Act big and tough. Yeah. However, he's now got fewer hawks around him, and after seeing firsthand just how nervous the Russians were... Reagan had, in his own mind at least, decided to back off a little bit. It's almost as if he got right to the brink and then realised, oh dear, my words (laughs) and actions have consequences, (laughs) I'm going to tiptoe back a little bit here. He didn't want to scare the Russians so much that they struck out in fear, which he finally seemed to realise might happen. So he really did want to open this channel of communication. And he had his chance in March of 85. That's right, Jamie. March of 85. I was born in February 85. I am now officially alive in this podcast. Completely. I am born.
0: You're still dead. Welcome to the
1: world. Thank you. You're still dead, though. Uh, You'll be hurt. Yeah. I'm I'm not even a twinkle. Yeah. Not even a twinkle. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, in March of 85, Mikhail Gorbachev... Uh, becomes the new Soviet leader. Gorbachev was 54, well-educated. He'd spent a significant time in the West. He could speak English.
0: Apparently, get this, he even had a sense of humour. Oh, nice. Did yeah. he go to like every meeting, like, a glasses, fake glasses of the teeth yeah, and stuff? That's, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. It's crazy, cool. isn't it? Can you imagine Russians
1: being, like, human beings? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Schultz told Reagan that this leader might be different and willing to turn... and willing to talk. Reagan was excited by this. Good, finally I can talk to one of them. Uh, But he sought advice first. Kissinger is still hanging around, um, and Nixon, obviously, is still around, so uh, he turns to those two. What do you think about this new guy, Gorbachev? What can you tell me about him? They both go, no, this is more of the same. Uh, You won't get anywhere talking to him, you might as well not bother. Talk to him if you want, but it's more of the same.
0: I guess from their experience,
1: that's a fair response.
0: Yeah. However, it's not fair, but it's a response. Well, not
1: everyone thought this. Thatcher comes out once more and supports Reagan. After meeting the Soviet leader, she publicly said that she liked Mr. Gorbachev and said that they could do business together. Uh, she then visited Reagan in Camp David and gave a more detailed assessment uh, on the the new Russian leader and said something along the lines of, "Yeah, he seems willing to listen." However, and she said, "I quote: the more charming the adversary, the more dangerous."
0: I like the way you're kind of slowly slinking into uh, Monty Python levels. It's good. <laughs> it's like how that. she sounded, Jamie. It's it how is, she to be sounded. be fair, it is how she sounded. I've yeah.
1: not done a cackle yet. <laughs> I am restraining myself.
0: And, and the sound of screaming minors <laughs> and school children <laughs> begging Anyone for milk. Margaret that, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thatcher, the milk snatcher. <laughs>
1: So if you don't know UK (laughs) politics, none of that will mean anything. Uh, Anyway, Reagan agreed with what Thatcher was saying, uh, agreed with her assessment, trusted what the Iron Lady had to say. Through various channels, a meeting between the two leaders of the superpowers was set up for November of 85. Talk was optimistic. Both Mm -hmm. sides, before the summit, were talking about a 50% reduction of all nuclear weaponry. They were going to go inward to this, like, let's do this seriously. As you can see, this That's is ri- this is miles away from what Reagan was talking about just a few years before, where he yeah. refused to talk about reduction of weapons. He was talking
0: about pumping them up. So yeah, this is complete turnaround. Do you think do you think um after the Death Star stuff? Gorbachev is like, yeah, we have a Death Star now.
1: <laughs> well, no, this comes into it, uh, because they don't have a Death Star, and that's, that's the problem. Oh. Yeah, uh, just before the event, Gorbachev, let it be known, you know what? America, if you get rid of your Star Wars project, you get rid of your Death Star, we will be willing to make a deal that leads to a 100% reduction of all nuclear weaponry.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That is, that is a
1: very tasty deal. Oh, Schultz, over the moon. Yes! The the plan had worked. The the pie-in-the-sky SDI Star Wars scheme had worked perfectly. They all knew it wasn't going to actually work. They weren't going to be able to make this thing. But it had scared the Russians enough to bring them to the bargaining table and offer everything. But there was one problem. Because if you remember, Reagan by this point... 100% believed his own propaganda on the Star Wars project. He would not hear of ending the SDI project. He fully believed the United States could make it work, so he wasn't going to stop researching it. If it worked, it would end all nuclear threat forever. He wouldn't listen to anyone who said the programme was unlikely to work. He wrote to Gorbachev, refusing the terms, citing that the defence he was creating was a future shield against any future madmen. And you can see where he's coming from,
0: because if it works, that's it. Nukes are gone like that. Well, he's living in hope, and that's a a great thing to think. Mm -hmm. But when you've been offered something, an alternative, that could be equally as good.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, the two still meet in Geneva, and they went for walks. They had meetings. Reagan wanted a urinal moment, which uh, they got in a walk around the garden rather than in the urinals. Uh, but Reagan would uh, often talk about when he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. He would quite often get some business done while standing next to someone in the urinal and having a chat rather than in an office. In other words, he wanted to be one-on-one, just having an yeah. informal chat. Uh, and they seemed to get on well enough, uh, but to Reagan's frustration, Gorbachev wasn't moving. You've got to get rid of the Star Wars project. Otherwise, we won't, won't go any further. <laughs> did he call Hollywood? You need
0: to cancel all the films.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, this was forever going to be the sticking point. Reagan soon realises this. So, Reagan offered what he'd hinted at before. Okay, how about this? If we create the missile defence satellites, we'll give them to you as well. Said it before, but I'm now saying it to your face. You can trust me. Gorbachev probably said something in Russian that probably meant, pull the other one that's got bells on. (laughs) because uh, there's no way he's going to believe it. Reagan's negotiating team themselves didn't believe what they were hearing because this was off script. Uh, They simply did not believe this. The offer was too good to be true, and therefore it simply wasn't believed. It wasn't a good bargaining chip because no one believed Reagan would do it. The irony
0: is Reagan probably was more than genuine. Is the Troubles, like, Russians... Uh, the Russian government at the time would know that where well, you were not going to be president in the next two or three years, so
1: well yeah I mean they't guarantee anything so
0: they don't get very far
1: in negotiations, but Reagan goes off script again and invites Gorbachev to the United States, which was yeah. accepted uh, so wow. the two um although I mean they, they weren't friends, but they did get on uh, they were able to talk to each other and uh, no no major deals uh took place, but channel communication is now firmly open and yeah. Gorbachev is invited to the United States. So actually, not bad. Uh, considering where they were just a few years ago, uh, relations between the two superpowers are now much, much better. No, they're not uh, screaming as much. Yeah, exactly. After they left, uh, letters kept going between the two. They were increasingly cooperative in tone. Both men started discussing the possibility of ridding their country's nukes by the year 2000, if not before. Now, this was not but that's unopposed. in the future. In, yeah, it sounds futuristic, the year 2000. Right, th- this wasn't unopposed. The hardliners in Reagan's administration, who were all but calling the shots at the start of Reagan's first term were now appalled. It's like this is almost as bad as Carter. What the hell has happened to Reagan? Equally, in Russia, Gorbachev had his own hardliners he had to contend with. Uh, but both of them were managing to hold the line at this point. In Washington, Schultz got to work trying to pull the administration together. Uh, he, he wrote a memo that said, and i quote, I know that many of you and the others around here object to the elimination of nuclear weapons, but the President of the United States doesn't agree with you. In other words, shut up. <laughs> You're wrong. And Reagan agrees with me. And then uh, Chernobyl blow-up.
0: Oh, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you want to know more, watch Chernobyl. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All documentaries and books, but no, watch watch the yeah. TV show, it was really, really good. Not completely accurate, but worth it for dramatic license. Uh, anyway, uh, Chernobyl blew up, uh, bang it went, and uh, anti-nuclear feeling intensified across the globe, as you can imagine. Uh, on top of this, whilst Reagan and the United States were still enjoying their economic boom, Russia was going through some very tough times. Saudi Arabia had started increasing oil production, meaning that Russia would make a lot less on selling natural gas. Suddenly, Russia were oh. feeling very poor.
0: I didn't realise that was a thing. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, plus yeah. various other things. Economies yeah. are very complex, but this was yeah. definitely a major contributing factor. Gorbachev realised that Russia's got a problem here. If they keep going how they are, the Soviet Union would collapse, because they could not afford to keep the arms race up. So therefore, they needed a breakthrough in the negotiations that were going on in the United States. We need to stop spending so much money on nukes. So, let's set up another meeting. The two leaders meet again in October of 86. You're nearly alive, Jamie. You're nearly alive.
0: Almost. Almost. I may have been conceived. You
1: were probably conceived October. during... Yeah, probably during this meeting. Can it down. I'm out.
0: conceived. I'm a,
1: I'm a little fetus. Are you a little... Oh, how nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, so <laughs> not not during this meeting then.
0: As April, yep. I'm I'm a two month old fetus. Two months, two months old. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. oh nice. Right. Okay. I'm rocking out on the um, am fluid. Nice, Ooh. cool. Uh,
1: anyway, they meet in Iceland in eighty six. This time things go very well. Gorbachev had softened in the negotiations slightly in the U S point of view. The US didn't realise that Gorbachev had, in his own mind, realised he needed a breakthrough here. So Gorbachev comes along and says, fine, I will agree to a significant reduction of nukes if the United States slow down your space programme. You don't need to stop it, just keep it in a lab for 10 years before you do anything practical. And if you agree to that, we will reduce all nuclear weaponry 50%. Reagan and his team come back, we can do better than that, Why not a complete elimination of ballistic missiles on top of that?
0: Ooh. Yeah,
1: Gorbachev comes back. We can do better than that. Why not the elimination of all nuclear weaponry, including subs and bombers? Everything. Oh, and also that 10 years in the lab on the space programme, I'm willing to negotiate a bit on that. I can be a little bit flexible. And there, on the brink of the most sweeping arms control agreement in history, Reagan backed down. He wanted his Star Wars program
0: (laughs) This is not a thing
1: (laughs) He stood up and said I quote, this meeting is over Gorbachev said, can't we do something about this Reagan replied, it's too late And walks out He almost could have had world peace Well, with this setback to world peace in place Reagan was then forced to focus On things closer to home So close, Jamie, so close (laughs) So close. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the corruption. Corruption starts to catch up with him. You know all that corruption that's been bubbling along in the background? Uh, that was yeah. only a matter of time, wasn't it? It starts with William Casey, the director of the CIA. I'm kind of going back to the start of uh, Reagan's first term here, just so we can get a sense of what was going on. Yeah, uh, something I didn't cover in Ford's episode. So, going back all the way to Ford. Wow. Uh, We're post-Watergate here, but only just. And there was a couple of committees that looked into the CIA because the country realised, oh dear, the government and uh, the CIA are up to some dodgy things, maybe we should know about them. So a couple of committees looked into the CIA, Uh, they lift up the lid on the building of the CIA, and appeared inside, and went, oh, good God. (laughs) No. Yeah uh, yeah the the public were horrified at what was found it turned out that the cia was assassinating foreign leaders they were arming terrorists they were even experimenting on humans united states civilians bloody hell they were uh, doing mind control experiments using drugs
0: oh i thought about that
1: yeah yeah uh, not good turns out no. cia nasty nasty organization So, post-75, the CIA was supposed to get squeaky clean. No more bad stuff. And, arguably, they kind of started to turn it around a bit. During the rest of Ford's presidency and then Carter's presidency, things seemed to improve. Then Reagan becomes president. And uh, Reagan put his campaign manager in charge of the CIA. (laughs) And this is Casey. Casey, once in the post, decided that although obviously the CIA was no longer allowed to assassinate people, that had been made clear, no one had said anything about honest-to-goodness killings. So we can go and do a few killings, can't we? That's not assassination. No, that's just
0: a killing. Yeah.
1: That's fine. Yeah, so uh, things start getting a little bit dodgy again. Uh, when Congress passed that bill saying the defence budget could not be used to arm the Contras in Nicaragua, uh, Casey figured that that probably didn't mean the CIA. So <laughs> he just carried on doing stuff. Uh, with Reagan's permission, the CIA started to train the Contras. Not giving the money, you understand. That would be illegal. We're just going to spend all of our time and resources training the Contra. That doesn't count oh. as giving money over. We will advise well, them on how to murder and terrorise populations. Things like that. That's what we we'll would do. Any money that they did need would just have to come from rich GOP donors. Which, uh...
0: Well, yeah. Does does that, yeah. does that sound a little bit dodgy to you? It sounds a little bit dodgy. Um, yeah. Because I, I think that could be the beginning of a snowball effect where, you know, if a company wanted to influence the government, they could just donate those money. Uh, Oh, wow.
1: That certainly could have happened. Uh, That's not what happened in this case, but yeah, that could have happened. Yeah, uh, it's all very dodgy, but I mean, the CIA's done worse in the past, hasn't it? And you could even argue that this was legal. They weren't spending any money from the defence budget. It's fine. Uh, However, to raise more money, donations were then uh, secretly taken from other governments, from other countries, and deposited in secret accounts. So, yeah, the CIA just went to other governments in South America and went, do you want to uh, contribute a fund uh, to the Contras and we'll make sure they get it? And other governments went, yes, uh, what bank account? And then the uh, agents yeah. would go, oh, no, it's very, very hush, hush. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of this money went to funding the Contras. Something America should not have been doing. But because, obviously, these were secret donations, a lot of cash, and we are talking millions here, was finding itself in the pockets of various people in the Reagan administration. And then things get worse. uh, Because around this time, um, seven Americans, and many others, were taken hostage on a plane and flown to Lebanon. This is all taking place in the civil war in Lebanon that I decided not to cover, because we don't have time to cover it. But okay. just know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you're looking like you recognise something here.
0: I might not. Uh, carry well, on, and I'll go, if I do. Well, this
1: isn't an isolated incident. Uh, okay. During oh. Reagan's administration, several planes are uh, hijacked, flown to Beirut, and people are taken hostage, and demands for various things, usually the release of prisoners, take place. Um, so, ultimately, 25 US citizens were taken in this way during Reagan's administration so if you are thinking of planes being hijacked and landing on runways and people being thrown off onto the tarmac uh, dead then that is this period of time that's what you're thinking of (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Reagan, very angered and frustrated uh, by all of this, as you can imagine. He feels like he can't really do anything. He soon learned what Carter had learnt. It's not very easy to deal with these situations. Yeah, he was feeling very impotent, very frustrated. Publicly, he was very clear the United States were not going to deal with terrorists, obviously. The hostages must be released. However, behind the scenes, things were a little bit different. His national security advisor had a plan. We know, said his advisor that Iran have links to the terrorist group who have hijacked the plane. We could use this to our advantage. Because Iran still have a lot of our weapons from back when the Shah ran the place. But those weapons are going to be old, and they're going to need parts. So we could sell Iran those parts, and in return, they could whisper a few words and get some hostages released.
0: This is, this is so greasy, it's disgusting.
1: Yeah. Now, Reagan was in hospital at this point. Uh, he oh. was having uh, surgery on his colon to have some polyps removed. Fun. Ooh. But he, he was... He was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the sound it makes. Uh, yeah, he was fully lucid, though. He, he knew what was going on when the idea came to him. Um, he was warned, this, by the way, is highly illegal. Uh, we would be selling arms for hostages to I was a- going say, is it the operation or the thing? No, no, the selling of arms to to hostages would be illegal. The operation was probably legal. Um, Yeah, uh, this is a highly illegal situation, but it is one way to get the hostages back. Reagan responded that yes, find a way to do it. That's what I want to happen. In August of 85, a hostage was released after the United States gave Iran some anti-tank missiles. And this had opened a door. Okay, this works. So his national security advisor and his number two... Now, this was a man named North. remember his name. North, by the way, is also someone who's stealing some of that secret money that I mentioned uh, a moment ago. He's lining his own pockets at this time. Uh, anyway, the main National Security Advisor and North travel to Iran at this time, using Irish passports provided by the CIA. And then they arrive bearing gifts. A pallet of missiles, six magnums in presentation cases, now, bearing in mind, yeah. Jamie, they're going to Iran to meet up with some high-up officials to open communications to sell arms. And they have arrived with a pallet of missiles, six fancy guns. What else do you think they bring? They bring two other things to this Islamic country.
0: Oh, they bring, like, sausages and alcohol or something ridiculous. <laughs> no, A Bible. Oh, oh, brilliant, yeah (laughs) yeah, Just what they need Yeah, a Bible And um, one other
1: thing This one is my favourite on the list Whiskey No, not a million miles away though Uh, A chocolate cake, Jamie
0: Oh, of course, yeah
1: I I just love that list of four things A pallet of missiles Six fancy guns A Bible And a chocolate cake
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm more surprised they got that in their carry-on To be
1: fair Well, it didn't go well. Um, They didn't meet the high-up officials they thought they were going to be able to meet. They only met some underlings who didn't seem that interested. And the uh, security at the airport confiscated the cake and ate it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So isn't that nice? Uh, So that didn't do too well. I also hope they were putting on really false, bad Irish accents the whole time, because their passports were Irish. Uh, But we can only speculate. Top of the morning to you. Yeah, exactly. We're Um, Irish. So, in January of 86, Reagan signed off to another batch of weapons being sold. Over 1985 and 1986, 2,008 missiles were exchanged for four hostages. But in that time, six more hostages were taken.
0: Well, because they know they've got a bank account. They can draw (laughs) out whatever they want, of course. Uh, Yeah, so it's not going well.
1: um, No, but... But Reagan keeps signing off on it. It still continues because, let's face it, the individuals setting all these meetings up and making the deals happen all off the books, very hush-hush, are making a fortune every single time. So it just carries on. Anyway, it gets worse. Uh, Because North, then, comes up with a brilliant idea. Why don't we start using the money that Iran is paying illegally for arms because Iran were paying for the arms, but also whispering in the ears of people to release the hostages. So money was also being exchanged. And North goes, well, this money's all off the books. No one knows it exists. So why don't we get this money that we're illegally obtaining to illegally fund the Contra in Nicaragua? Well, Because we can't pay the Contra. We're not allowed to. But no one knows about this. So we're just funnel it over there. Yeah? Uh. And then all of a sudden the lid is blown off. Uh, a plane was shot down in Nicaragua, and a book of suspicious phone numbers was found, which implied that the United States were funding things that they shouldn't be. And then just a couple of weeks later, newspapers in Lebanon started reporting that the United States were paying Iran in weapons for hostages and selling arms for cash. Reagan immediately went on TV and denied it, strenuously. There is no way any of this is true. All lies but it was so obviously true that it took mere days for the truth to be uncovered by some very easy (laughs) reporting. They did not hide their tracks. Six days later, Reagan was forced to go back on TV and go, so when I said uh, that wasn't true, that, that was totally true. Um, but Brilliant. but this is dangerous for the hostages and it's irresponsible of anyone talking about it. This endangers the lives of the hostages was essentially his his tack. Uh, things then get even worse when an investigation is set up and it was discovered that only 12 million out of the 30 million that Iran had paid for the Azams had ended up in the United States. So where exactly is the missing $18 million? It was soon discovered that it had been diverted to Nicaragua. Yeah. In nice. the White House... Norf and his office went into overdrive, shredding all and everything they could get <laughs> oh. their hands on. They ended up breaking the shredder in their office uh, because they were trying to shred too much too quickly, so they moved all of the illegal files to the White House Situation Room and continued destroying evidence of their illegal activities there.
0: Bonfire.
1: <laughs> Bonfire. Uh, but then little yeah. bits escape, don't they? And then they land in an FBI's... that's true Yeah yeah. We've all seen it So All of this illegal stuff going on But the question is What did Reagan know? And when did he know it? It's the age old question uh, well, about the diversion, uh, apparently nothing. I'll quote here, North didn't tell me about this. This might call for a resignation. he said internally. It would appear that Reagan didn't know that money from Iran was going to the Contra. But Reagan did know about these two separate activities. He just didn't know that they tied together. The idea that Reagan was unaware of all of this is a nonsense. He definitely no, of knew. Of course. Yeah. 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 And he knew about illegal things. He was told things were illegal and he still okayed it. Uh, Anyway, Reagan then fires North, uh, but then phoned him personally and called him a hero, so it's not as if he was uh, offended by North's actions. Uh, North and 12 others were eventually indicted. H.W. Bush would go on to pardon five of them. North wasn't one of them, though. Uh, He he does get convicted. Uh, Serves a suspended sentence, though. It's nice to be rich and have powerful friends when you've committed a crime. Reagan takes a a hit publicly, his approval went down twenty points to forty-three percent. That's still relatively high. Still, yeah. still relatively high. It was, it was in the very high age before. Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, a twenty-point hit is bad. However, far too many people remembered Watergate, and this seemed a lot like Watergate. Uh, still, he starts to improve in the public eyes when he went on a tour. He visited Berlin. He told Gorbachev to tear down this wall. Wham! People loved it. Wham was there, but as you can imagine, George Michael not a fan of Reagan. He wouldn't have been... I'm I'm assuming here. I don't actually know uh, George Michael's opinions on Reagan personally, uh, but I, I, I think I'm probably right in thinking that.
0: No, I think you're right.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, the summit in Iceland, by the way, that had, had failed, uh, did still do some good, because work in the background resulted in more movement, and the two sides had agreed on a modest reduction in mid- um, missiles, so things start to move. Uh, a couple more meetings take place that are similar, um, Reagan still gets pushback from the far right of the GOP for making a deal, uh, but also from the moderates, thinking that Reagan has ruined a good chance in Iceland. Uh, g- generally, Reagan's getting pushback from a lot of places. Oh, yeah. And then in December of 87, you're alive, Jamie. You're oh. alive. There you go. You're yeah, alive. Just in yeah. time. Uh, Gorbachev visits America. He comes on his visit. Reagan uh, makes many blunders, he makes lots of bad Soviet jokes. Uh, Yeah, Uh, And then he kept repeating The same learnt Russian proverb Over and over again He'd learnt a proverb in Russian And he was very proud of himself And he kept repeating it over and over again It meant trust but verify And he just kept saying it over again Which (laughs) kept annoying Gorbachev apparently But despite these small blunders The visit was a success Gorbachev was uh, treated very well The public cheered him where he went It was seen as a positive thing This is a new age in relations uh, so, uh, Reagan was then invited to Moscow in May of '88. Off he goes. He goes to the Soviet Union.
0: Oh, I was one year and one month
1: at that point. Yeah, uh, he yeah. goes to Red Square and everything. Gorbachev delivers a speech. Reagan fell asleep during it. Oh. Uh, something Reagan did a lot, by the way. Uh, he <laughs> fell asleep not once, but twice on two separate occasions during the Pope's speech. Yeah, one time when he visited the poach to begin with He just fell asleep The second time, near the end of his uh, second term He was falling asleep And the photographer that was working with Reagan Purposely dropped his camera to wake the president up (laughs) (laughs) which is very amusing. Uh, But yeah, Uh, Reagan fell asleep, which is a shame, Uh, but this was all glossed over. Gorbachev was able to use the trip to build political power within his country, and that led quickly to the realisation that all this talk of arms reduction was perhaps not necessary, because within a month of Reagan's visit, Gorbachev convened a general conference of the Communist Party. This is the first time this has happened since the days of Stalin. An office of elected president was set up, and within weeks, Russia announced that it would not use threat of force as a foreign policy. This isn't Tsar power, so we are not going to go into the ins and outs of this leader who did more than any other leader to end the Cold War. But just know, the Cold War is now very close to the end. Gorbachev is managing to put it all to bed in Russia, which is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we're we not going to cover it. This is a American presidents, not Russian leaders. So all you need to know is that the Soviet Union's coming to the end. We'll talk about it more in Bush's episode, because, around this time, Reagan comes to the end of his second term, in January of 89. And, uh, yeah, he he was he steps down. He's not a wow well man by this point. He managed to hide it from most. Things get worse a few months later when he fell off his horse and hit his head. Uh, while being treated for that, Ooh. yeah, while being treated for that, it was discovered he had Alzheimer's. By 94, he retires from public life and he dies in 2004. Uh, no one really sees him for about a decade. Did he die 2004? Yeah, he just retired from public life. He got Alzheimer's so they he just he, no one no one saw him. I feel
0: like died in like the 80s or the early 90s.
1: Well, yeah, he he disappeared in the early 90s, yeah. but yeah, no wow. he, he died 2004, he dies. Yeah. So George Bush
0: was president yeah.
1: and yeah, 9/11 wow. happened. Reagan was still alive? My goodness. Yeah.
0: No So idea. there you go. Yeah. That
1: Jamie is the Reagan.
0: The big double R.
1: Yeah. He'll be an interesting rate. He will. I'm just going to put this in here because I didn't know where to put it in. And it's nothing (laughs) to do with judging him. One of his closest advisors was called Donald Reagan. Reagan was spelled differently. It was R-E-G-A-N. And whenever you're reading about Ronald Reagan, you keep coming across Donald Reagan. And in my head, it's Ronald Reagan in a wig with a false moustache. (laughs) Donald Reagan never did anything big enough for me to include him in this story, so I just left him out. But it just really amused me the whole way through, and I feel the need to tell you this.
0: That could have changed the entire episode.
1: It could have done. I I was all the way through. It's like, should I mention Donald Reagan yet? Should I? It's like, no, he's not doing anything important enough. You didn't mention,
0: it doesn't matter. (laughs) He could have been
1: there serving grapes. (laughs) I don't care. He's Donald (laughs) Reagan. Well, I'll tell you what, go back to the the beginning if you're listening and every now and again just uh, pause it and just imagine Ronald Reagan and a false moustache coming in being Donald Reagan. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Donald Reagan eventually quit and then wrote a, a scandal book during Reagan's second term, um, pointing out all of the many things that Reagan did that was really bad. They they did not end on good terms, including the fact that Reagan kept changing the dates for important events based on what uh, an astrologist said. We'll get into that when we rate him. Right, let's rate him. Statesmanship. Okay, this this one's genuinely going to be tough. Mm. Statesmanship, good. I'm impressed with his political skill. I am. No doubt about that. He's always seemed to make any unpopular decision that he made be blamed on his opponents. If he did anything that the public didn't like, they never blamed him. He was literally right. He was literally raising taxes at one point, and everyone went, "All oh, those pesky Democrats." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you've got to admire that in a politician. Uh, he saw the big picture. Yeah, and he didn't waver. He didn't get bogged down in little details. That is an effective way to lead. Yeah. Has its drawbacks, but we'll get into that later. Uh, he got stuff done and very much reminded of Polk. He stated what he wanted to do at the start of his presidency and largely he got everything done. He wanted to lower tax, yeah. reduce government and increase military power. He did it. Yeah. He wanted to uh, improve relations with Russia and like make the Cold War less scary. He did it. Which leads us to the big one. He took a gamble with his policy on Russia. Let's face it, it was a gamble. Uh, It could have been terrible. But it wasn't. It worked. His ramping up of the military and throwing his support behind a pipe dream project resulted in the Soviets feeling like they couldn't keep up. This, in turn, helped Gorbachev get into power and helped him start to reform the Soviet Union. Now, no, Reagan did not end the Cold War. And anyone saying that he did is, is just talking nonsense but with his confidence and a healthy dose of the look that he always seemed to have he certainly helped the russians get to a point where they could end this cold war yeah and you he, can, he,
0: was a, he was a feature of it
1: yeah but not the and, singular thing of it no and you can argue that a united states president could do no more than that in the end of the cold war how do you end a cold war mm. Well, one of the sides has to back down. Mm. So just getting to a position where Russians felt like they should back down, that's as much as you can do as an American president. So you can argue Reagan did as much as any president could do.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's impressive. He shaped the modern GOP. Now, this one very much depends on your uh, political opinions, whether you think this is good or bad. But it's undeniable that the modern GOP starts now. Uh, the Republicans from now on are going to look very different to the ones that we've seen so far. Other good things. Uh, if you were rich in America, well done. <laughs> you are now very rich and you're going to be very <laughs> happy. So there you go. Pretty. If you were rich, yeah. you would have been very happy under Reagan. Okay, uh, this last one, it, it's not a huge deal right now, but I... Didn't know where to put it in, and it's going to be a big deal in the future, so I just want to pop the seed here. Uh, in 1986, he signed an act that banned the sale of automatic weapons. I'll quote him. I do believe that an AK-47, a machine gun is not a sporting weapon or needed for the defence of a home. Yeah, how? So, uh-
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yes, 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 that's a fair point to make.
1: That is a fair point to make. No. It's interesting that Ronald Reagan, father mm. of the modern GOP, at the height of his presidency, yeah, signed that into law and said that. We have still mm. not yet seen the Second Amendment obsession taking over the GOP. It's no. not quite here yet, but it, believe me, it's bubbling on in the background. Yeah. I just haven't had the need to get into it yet. Yeah. Right, okay, that's good. Uh, That is more good than we have said about a lot of presidents in the past. Yeah. Yes. Bad. I'm reminded of Polk once more. Just because you achieve all your aims does not mean you've been a good president. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Remember, one of Polk's aims was go and invade Mexico for no reason. Yeah, great, you did it. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can't argue that he has been the biggest impact since Roosevelt. Reagan just has. And the United States he left behind was a very different one uh, to the one under Carter. But let's actually look at what that meant. Under Reagan, more people were poorer in the country. That's unfortunate. If you were rich, yeah. you became very rich. Yeah. If you were poor, you ended up poorer. More people had their safety net removed. So if you were really poor, if you're yeah. poverty line, then you were screwed.
0: You need help like beyond yeah. your control. Yeah. Work harder... Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Medical assistance was stripped away. If you're ill, you're screwed. Housing situations for poor people, and also people in black communities, was made significantly worse due to various laws that went through at the time. Don't have time to go into the ins and outs, but just the whole inner city planning... Some quite frankly racist laws that meant that black people had uh, no right to buy certain property. All of this has been going on since forever in America. It's certainly not helped during Reagan's administration. So, all of that's going on. Hundreds of thousands of people died, not because of Reagan, because of AIDS, but the administration yeah. did nothing to help them, or at least the bare minimum. And this was simply homophobia. It, it yeah. just was That's what it was It was seen uh, as t- a Bad disease For bad sinful people So the administration Didn't touch it Had they have done it People would be alive today Who died In It'll the be, 80s
0: and 90s Also racism as well Because Yes that was,
1: Yeah that was Yes the, of course um, Yeah definitely uh, Talking racism His racist drug laws Have hugely impacted Race tensions In the country We're still feeling it today the year he left office, here are some fun statistics. The year he left office, one in four black men aged 18 to 29 were caught up in the judicial system. One in four. I feel like I should leave that entire pause in where you're just looking utterly shocked.
0: Yeah, that's that's horrific.
1: Mm. No, that's because say- the
0: situation that's been created... That's created the, the feeling that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the situation that parts of the US and even parts of the UK are in now. It's like, if you're black, you're going to get stopped in your car more than you are going to be yep. a white person. That's atrocious. That's awful. Atrocious. you want another one? If you were born black and male,
1: roughly the year that Reagan left office, there was a 32% chance that you would end up in jail. That's right. One in three chance. If you were born black and male. But that's. Yep. No. Yeah, and the, the effects of this have just carried on uh, to this day. Uh, it's really You're, exacerbated yeah. the race problems in the country hugely. The war on drugs was bloody awful. Uh, it really was. OK, uh, other things. He broke the law willfully. Mm. He became president. People said, if you do this, you're breaking the law. And he said, do it anyway. That is an impeachable offence. He didn't get caught. Uh, He turned a blind eye when those under him broke the law. He paid very little attention to government ethics. He talked about how the government was awful and interfered with people all the time. And you should have a small government. But he was fine when he was in government for the government to be awful. And uh, just he allowed a culture of fraud and abuse to occur in the White House. As I talked about earlier, Nixon has gone down in history as one of the most corrupt presidents. But if you look at the numbers in the administrations, the number of people indicted and convicted, the numbers between Reagan and Nixon are very close, and they dwarf all other post-war presidents. Completely. All the other presidents have a handful or none, and Nixon and Reagan both have a stupid amount of people who were just willfully breaking the law all the time. So we went hard on Nixon for just allowing his administration to be completely corrupt while Reagan did it as well. Oh, and uh, yes, as I mentioned um, earlier, he routinely changed the dates of important events, including meeting with Gorbachev, because Nancy saw a woman regularly who read horoscopes. And this woman would tell Nancy that the president should change these dates because it was a bad date to have a meeting on. So Reagan would then change the dates. Now, I personally would argue if you're the president... You should not be willing to disrupt very important meetings that could lead to world peace based on the say-so of someone's horoscope. It just seems a little bit um what's the word I'm looking for? Reckless. A little bit uh
0: Yeah.
1: I I mean unprofessional.
0: If I was going to be the um devil's advocate, I'd say people's beliefs and thoughts. Yeah. For example, you may not you may not, although I don't think that's true. You may not have a meeting on Christmas Day, but I know that's probably not true. So, yeah. what I'm saying okay. is irrelevant. You could M- maybe could be generous. I, I don't know. If I'm being really generous, yeah, it's like well, that's uh, I would say,
1: and if you were changing your own personal diary around them. Knock, knock yourself out. That seems absolutely fine. Yeah. But telling the leader of a foreign yeah. national country, oh, sorry, that meeting we've already planned now needs yes. to be changed based on it, seems a little bit irresponsible in my Mercury's mind. in retrograde. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. Um, I mean, it's certainly the least of all the ones that I've mentioned, but it's just one of those weird things that I came across and went, oh, wow, I never knew that. So there you go. It's it's uh, certainly um, a lot it, to think about in statesmanship for Reagan. There are a lot of goods. You've got to give him credit for the, the Cold yeah. War stuff. Uh, oh. I I'll mean, be honest, I'm right. reluctant to, because all the time, everything he was doing to begin with in his first term, I was going, no, no, that is an awful... Why are you doing it? That's terrible. And then he backed away from it. But because he did both, it seemed to work. Because he went in hard and then softened a lot, it, it had the effects. Now, he could have gone really wrong, Russia was seriously worried at one point and it could have gone really wrong. Uh, but it didn't. So I, that's good. And generally, I'm impressed with him as a politician, uh, the way that he was able to, to get stuff done. Um, but I personally think America turned out to be a much worse country thanks to his policies and what he did.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't know, if, like, if you waved a magic wand and Reagan had never been president, would U.S. culture—I mean, all of it—but would it be slightly different? Would you have right. more of an ilk towards universal healthcare? Would there be less of a thing towards the more ex- like extremist views of? Um, things I would argue that more the new,
1: i would have—I would argue that New Deal politics uh, would still be in place, or at least would have been in place for longer. Right. Because if Reagan hadn't have gone in, the far right of the GOP wouldn't have taken over the party. They'd already tried once before, which I didn't really cover that much for time reasons in Reagan's previous episode. Um, This was their second attempt. If they would failed a second time, I get the feeling that the moderates of the GOP then would have taken over. Uh, We would have ended up with a very different GOP. And therefore, we would have ended up with a very different America. But equally, no Reagan. You could argue that Gorbachev wouldn't have been able to get the support that he did. And he wouldn't yeah. have been able to reform the Soviet Union. So maybe we'd still be in the Cold War right now.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, that is, is really a, tricky.
1: It's a really big if. Um, it's, like I say, Reagan is not responsible for ending the Cold War, but he was certainly a significant player in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a really hard one. Try not to be too biased. A lot of the negatives are things that I personally disagree with politically. But then the things that I disagree with is the fact that lots of people died and lots of people were poor and lots of people were very sad. I don't see why you would ever say that's okay. Um, It's a really tricky one. I'm going to say five. I was thinking the same thing. And it's a very different
0: five to a, oh, it was all right, I suppose, but not great. It's an absolute balance between potential world war or... One country, maybe not, Mm. maybe not fulfilling its entire potential in terms of Mm. looking after its population. I mean, you can argue he, you can argue he got lucky with lots of stuff, but then
1: there's only so much luck one person can have. I mean, you've got to give him some credit for his political acumen, but I've got to take loads of points off for how corrupt his administration was and just how awful some of the laws were that came in. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the fact that he succeeded to do some very important things, I'd be marking him very, very low. Because, uh, well, we'll talk about this part in American yeah. and American.
0: I'm going to stick with my five. What are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going to go with five as well. I think that's yeah. fair. You know, it, it sort of balances in worldwide. Yeah, I, I don't feel... I'm not dead to...
1: I don't feel comfortable about it, but I think it's no, what I'm going to have to go yeah. for.
0: I think it's fair. Okay, next round. This is great. Uh, Well, um,
1: the political corruption under him isn't good, but I think uh, I took that into account in the last round. Yes. uh, A lot. That said, there are a couple of things that I think we do need to take into consideration that although we talked about in the last round, I think kind of bleeds into this. Let's face it, his homophobia and racism was, much like we've seen with some presidents before, structural in its kind. He was not overtly bigoted. He is very much one of those... ...of-his-time kind of people, Uh, and he would have been surprised if you'd argued that he was homophobic or racist. Hmm. By the way, this is another reason why the they-thought-different-back-then argument about the early presidents is ridiculous... ...because we're still seeing the same stuff, and we're in the 80s. So, uh, but saying saying that it's uh, structural and he didn't see himself, uh, the, the, the fact is, he definitely was enacting laws that was based on his homophobia and racism. He just was. Yeah. Uh, I don't care that he said he wasn't bigoted. He was enacting obviously racist laws, and he was ignoring obvious problems because people were gay. Just is clear, in my mind. If people want to argue otherwise, fair enough. Because in my mind, I've already taken marks off him for that politically. I was still, I'm still going to give him marks in this point for that, but not a huge amount, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Uh, Because most of the manifestations of his bigotry came out in his politics, and we've already judged his politics and his statesmanship. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Apart from that, I mean, there's really not much to knock him down in this category in terms of anecdotes. The only one that jumped to my mind uh, was his daughter, who wanted to campaign for him, and he told her, no, we're going to pretend you don't exist because you're from my previous marriage, and we
0: don't want previous marriages to be known. And that's just cold. But is that because of him personally or because of he knew the situation he was in and he knew that it would be a... Well, he told his
1: daughter, my campaign manager has
0: said that you shouldn't
1: exist and I'm paying him for a reason. Uh, it's, it's just a very cold thing to do to your daughter. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very cold to be fair. Um, yeah, it really is. Um, but I, I was looking through my notes. I was looking for an obvious this is bad anecdote. Uh, Looking through the couple of books that I've got, there really isn't much in terms of anecdotes of Reagan being a disgraceful person. That said, he really didn't come across as likeable. I read a couple of biographies. One of the biographies, the the person clearly did not like Reagan. The other person clearly did like Reagan. It was very interesting reading the two biographies. (laughs) But in neither book did I get the impression this was a likeable person. He seemed selfish, self-obsessed at times, Uh, His political ideals all seemed to stem from what was affecting him rather than thinking what was affecting the wider population. He was obsessed with money and being rich. And everything he did was to stop the government taking money away from him. He became president, so the government would stop taking money off him. (laughs) He he didn't do it for any wider ambition than that. At least that's the impression I got. He just seemed to spend most of his time just trying to... Stop the government from helping people. Yeah. Uh, and then there is just all the low-level bigotry stuff. I, when he was in California, he was hanging around with some frankly dodgy people who had some dodgy views. I just know I would I would not get on with this guy. But I don't think I can give disgrace gate points for that. That wouldn't be fair. I mean, no, it, it wouldn't be fair. I'm being completely blind here, and we're about to get comments saying, oh my God, how did you forget that time he drowned a puppy?
0: The only thing that stands out to me the most is the lack of effort in the HIV AIDS crisis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that is That's where he's, the biggest thing to me.
1: That's where he's going to pick up some points. He's yeah. already lost points in the last round because of it, um, and I'm going to give him points because, personally, he should have done better. Yes. Uh, Even uh,
0: Margaret Thatcher, who is... yes. If Margaret Thatcher horrible, is it saying
1: it's time to do some public awareness, yeah. then, then yeah. Yeah, so he's going to get... Uh, um, <laughs> it's
0: weird that he, that's our benchmark
1: <laughs> <laughs> for morality. I mean, it, it is really horrible what happened there, and it really does uh, cloud my opinion of the guy, so it might seem like I'm going for quite a low score here, but in my head, I've already knocked off marks in the last round. Yeah. Um, and it is one thing, so I'm going to go for three. I'll happily match that, and I agree with that. Yeah um, Okay Next round
0: Silver Screen. Would anyone watch a film With Ronald Reagan in it? I, I can't even name A Ronald Reagan film But to be fair He See my argument For this round is He scores maximum points Because He is silver screen Well And his story is also I would argue Silver well, let's, screen Well let's have a look sure. He was born poor He loved sports
1: He uh, got his job Being a lifeguard And just hanging out With all the girls In the park Uh, And then he got a lucky break, and he got a job on the radio. Then he got a lucky break, and got a job in Hollywood. Yeah. Then he got a lucky break. And the leading columnist, who was born in his town, got his name out in Hollywood. So he becomes a B-list movie star and starts eking up into the A-list. He gets married, and he has children. Uh, The war starts, and he gets a lucky break. And he was assigned to acting and training films instead of going off to the war. He breaks up with his wife. Uh, He becomes obsessed with the commies. He becomes very right-wing at this point. Remember, he was fairly liberal to begin with, and at this point, it's like, no, get off my money, horrible government. The commies are coming.
0: It's weird, it's like being rich. Yeah, yeah.
1: He starts hanging out with like-minded people in Hollywood. Uh, He meets uh, Nancy, and they get married. Roughly at the same time, he becomes president of the Screen Actors Guild. you got him going off to Washington. Uh, He becomes uh, an informant with the FBI, remember, at this point, Uh, His acting career goes off the rails, however, but he gets a lucky break, and he gets a decent job in television, and he's getting lots of free gadgets in his home, and he's touring the country uh, just giving speeches about how um, great uh, General Electric is and how bad the government is. Then he starts getting into politics, he campaigns for Nixon, he becomes the Californian governor. Uh, he does an alright job as the governor, but he makes a lot of enemies as he cracks down quite ruthlessly on people like the student protesters. Uh, Anyway, stops being governor, he runs for president, he fails, he runs for president again, he succeeds, hooray! And then he achieves everything he wanted to do very quickly, and then in his presidency, all the stuff we talked about happened, but let's face it, a lot of it isn't cinematic at all. A lot of it is... Him revolutionising the government, bringing down taxes—it's very hard to make that cin- cinematic. Uh, but all the stuff with the Soviet Union and the Iran-Contra stuff—I think you could get something out of.
0: Yeah.
1: Not a huge amount, though. To be fair. No. He—he didn't have the most exciting of presidencies. Uh, nothing, nothing huge happened.
0: No, but you could do an—you could do an amazing series with him and Gorbachev. Yeah. The um, conversations. It, that it would interesting. be
1: interesting. It would be a slow political drama, but yeah. it would be interesting if it was done well. You could do stuff with um, the Iran Contra stuff. Yeah. But Reagan wouldn't be hugely involved. He'd just occasionally give a nod to parts of it uh, because he wasn't really involved. So, I mean, that. That's it. I mean, he then stops being president, falls off a horse shortly afterwards and then uh, retires from public life. He's definitely going to score higher in this round because yeah. being born poor, becoming a movie star and then becoming the president of the United States yeah. is obviously a good story.
0: I think his early life, just that would be a, an yeah. interesting story to watch. I'd love to watch the of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, There's no way he can't score high on that. Um, But he is definitely let down by his presidency, which surprises me. uh, Because I was expecting something a bit more exciting in his presidency. But when you stop and think about it, there were no major events that happened. I mean, Chernobyl happened, but that's nothing to do with him. Um, What else happened? Nothing huge. There was obviously all the um, hostage-taking going on. um, So you could do stuff with that. Uh, there are world events happening Major world events The Soviet Union's starting to uh, fall apart At the end of his presidency um, But there isn't I a think, hook
0: I, don't, I, I think I disagree I, I think there is a hook Because that, that's fascinating like, It's literally Like The world we live in now is because of it And everything that happened Even though it's not like a roller coaster It's like an Indiana Jones film It's, it's quite interesting Oh I yeah, think. I'm not saying it's not interesting, but would it make a good TV series? Yeah, I think so. The intrigue, the the corruption—that's interesting in itself. Um, the fact that that I'm going to say this, and suddenly Russia going, ah, oh, no, yeah, that's interesting. In my head, I'm giving him seven for pre-presidential,
1: and it just depends. Do I give him any more than that?
0: Well, this is about his life rather than just being president.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking around the seven and eight mark. I definitely think this is a high up, interesting life. Uh, I just I was expecting to be thinking about nine and ten, and to be honest, I'm thinking lower, uh, and I'm surprised. Um, uh, I'm uh, I'm
0: going for I'm going for for eight. I'm going to go for seven. If you're going for eight, I'm
1: going to go for seven.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here we go. There's his portrait there. That is probably the most modern-looking photo we've, uh, sorry, portrait we've had because it's very. I I don't want to say impressionist, but. What's interesting
1: is it's one that I didn't recognize because. Mm. You by this top point, you you're seeing photos. Yeah. And in my head, I had the official photograph, whereas this is the official portrait and yeah. he is there in a like the suit is just a modern suit we have got to modern times and in yeah. terms of suits now he's got his red and blue tie he's got a pinstripe suit he sat casually like on on a wall next to a window frame and outside what's that jamie it's a roman looking column yeah it is and then you can see like fields and stuff in the background we have gone right back to the start of having the roman imagery uh in the background there's no red curtains, but you get the feeling if you pan left or right, you'd see some. I still slightly mean saying this, but I just don't think the painting is a very good uh, capture of him. Because when you look at the photo of Reagan, he has that slightly twinkly movie star look to him. Mm. Even, even when he's the president and he's much older, he still has that slight film quality to him. I'm not sure the painting's really captured that. He just looks like he's grinning. I,
0: do you know, I quite like it. Yeah, I, I I think he looks quite cheeky. He looks quite approachable. Yeah, I I'm I'm quite liking it. That is the most obviously the most modern we've looked at, of course it is. But um, I, most modern, no, but like also it.
1: with the weird throwback of the background with the the Roman column in yeah. the background. It's uh, that's yeah.
0: interesting. I I I think that's an interesting picture because it's and you can also see what I love is they did the background first. No no, they did him first and added it in. You can tell like the outline around him isn't that. <laughs> great better, like a this smudgy. is it. it
1: just doesn't seem like a great painting in terms of but it's but,
0: a modern representation i think it's very yeah. much at the time i like it yeah okay i, like I
1: mean I've, i i don't dislike it i think it deserves more than half marks um but i think a photo captures him better than a painting does but i suppose that's probably always been true we've just not seen photos of yeah. the earlier ones i'm gonna give it a six six i'm gonna give it an eight i love it Ooh. fair enough Okay, so that is a 14 uh, divided by 4. 3.5. That is a 3.5 for this round.
0: Goal-less.
1: Oh, and he's going to clean up here, Jamie. <laughs> oh, hang on, silver screen, someone shot him. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. How on earth did I miss that out in my recap? Someone shot him. Right, he's definitely getting another point in silver screen from me. Uh, what, what did I give him for silver screen? Yeah, gave him a seven. Right, he gets an eight. He got shot.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right, bonus. Uh, uh, terms, two. He did two full terms. Assassination, one. Someone tried to kill him. He gets a point. Well done, Reagan. Mm. Uh, election, easily two. He won in two huge landslides. Uh, so, I mean, that I think might be the highest scoring bonus points we've ever yeah. had. Yeah. He's aced that round. That's a full seven points in bonus. So, uh, Jamie, what's the score?
0: 28.5.
1: 28.5, you say? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I always wondered what Reagan would score. Now you know. Now I know. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people will be unhappy with the score we have given Reagan.
0: Yeah. But can understand why.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people will think he deserves lower, and I think a lot of people will think he deserves higher. I also think we're going to have a lot of this going forward, as we have some very divisive figures. Uh, And in the end, in our podcast, he scores pretty much down the middle. Maybe this question will uh, help put things to bed. No, it's just going to make it even more complex, isn't it? Right, next round. American or
0: American? I have no idea. Um, my gut's feeding, and yeah. I would fight for, I would think, yes, he's an American. Why? He, he, because he shaped modern America. That's yeah, a, that's hard to argue against, isn't it? Like, like, the way politics is now is because of him. He also influenced British culture
1: mm-hmm. in
0: the way our modern Conservative Party is. He's, convinced he's influenced a lot of the world as well. Yeah. And everyone's heard of Ronald Reagan. Would you
1: talk about him? Would you study him? Are yes. you interested? All of these things you've got to say yes to. Um, yeah. I don't like him. I no. despise a lot of his policies. Didn't like Andrew Jackson either. But this is who I, exactly how I'm thinking about. He <laughs> is an American in the same way that Andrew Jackson is. American is not a, do I like the guy? Do I agree with the guy? Mm. It's, is he interesting? Mm. Did he change America? Is he worth studying? Did, did he do something to justify being one of the first presidents that you look into? It's very hard to argue against that. In fact, I don't think I can. So I think it's going to be a reluctant yes from me.
0: But also, you think about like, even modern Republicans after him that respect Reagan yeah. for his political achievements. And you can, mm-hmm. you can at least understand why. Yeah. You may not agree with politics, yeah. with his politics or, and yeah. that sort of right-leaning thing but you can absolutely understand it and kind of go right i get where he's coming from i get why people like him yeah yeah i mean
1: it's the fact it's the fact we gave it to andrew jackson you can't give it to andrew jackson and not reagan um i think we set the precedent there didn't we jackson was a nasty man Um, and that's fair Yeah, that is fair. It just makes me very, very sad, Jamie, that we didn't give it to Carter and we are giving it to Reagan. Because Carter was a nice man. (laughs) He was really lovely, but he he wasn't... He just didn't do enough. And it wasn't his fault.
0: Yeah, and he's most known for now for being alive. And that's... Yeah. Is that enough? Oh. I mean, for him it is, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Okay, well, well done, Reagan. Yeah. Um... You you have American. You've gone into the final rounds, uh. So we will we will uh make you fight fight the others in the final rounds. So there we go. We have got through Reagan, Jamie. Who's next?
0: It's Bush, Bush Senior. Do you know much about Right Decade? Bush one, uh, one term George W's dad. Um, I watched a bit of his funeral. Yeah, no, a bit, but not much. Cool.
1: Okay. Well, that's for next time. We might have a little bit of a break. Uh, we've been—it's been wonderful how regular we've been getting these out. Um, mm. But I'm going to start looking into putting the rounds together for the Roman series. Nice. And uh, that might take a little bit of time. So we might have a little bit of the delay before Bush's first episode, but it's certainly not going to be a long one. Nope. Uh, we're not taking a hiatus or anything. It might just be pushed back a week or so
0: is what I'm thinking. Yeah. But um, we will be releasing the uh, Jonathan Archer, Captain Archer's episode in the meantime. Oh, when are we recording that, Jamie? Uh, I'd, Roughly. <laughs> I, I mean, very busy at work at the moment, but I imagine yeah. within the next two weeks.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, that's exciting. Right, yeah. okay, so more Star Wars stuff on the way. Fantastic. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! What? I'm not going to tell you, but you'll listen back and go, oh, damn. Carry on, it's
1: fine. Oh, I said Star Wars, didn't I? You bloody well did, yes. Did. So that's because we've been talking about Star Wars all episode. Star yeah, Trek, yeah. Jamie, Star yeah. Trek. Yes. That's the one. Okay, right, okay. Well, um, thank you very much for listening. Please, please be vaguely nice to us when you send messages to tell us that we're wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or, or tell us that actually it's very hard to rate modern politics uh, especially politicians that you disagree with personally and you're trying to be vaguely balanced who knows this is yeah. only going to get harder jamie yeah let's strap in right <laughs> okay <Rest yourself>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for listening And thank you for downloading us on Popbean, iTunes and wherever you download us from. Yes, uh, and all that needs to be said is... Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Welcome to Iran. Uh, Anything to declare? Uh, No, no, not at all. No, well, passport, passport, please. Here we go. See, uh, Seamus O'Flanahy, uh from, from Cork, Ireland.
0: Arr, top of the morning to you there, laddie. I hope the leprechauns eat your rainbow with a pot of gold in your arse. I've never been
1: to Ireland. Is
0: that an Irish accent? Why, it is, so I see, so I see. I've got my pint of Guinness... Hidden right in uh, my uh, back thank you
1: thank you uh, um,
0: uh, what is the reason
1: for your trip to Iran sir Oh negotiations negotiations yes I say business then shall I
0: yes that that sounds splendid right
1: okay and uh, this is your luggage yes
0: yes my luggage is here you may rifle through what you want rifle being the word. <laughs>
1: I'm slightly concerned by this large pallet of what looks like
0: surface-to-air missiles. No, no, that is merely soap. Novelty soap in the shape of missiles. I'm a soap businessman, of course. Look at all my massive pallets of soap. I'm hoping to meet someone high up. Wink, wink. I'm sorry, sir. Are you saying the word wink? No, that would... That would be ridiculous. Just let me through, my lad. What, what about these six boxes here? What's inside those? Oh, well, if you look in front of you, these are presentation cases containing the finest hand-quality magnums. M- magnums? Ma- ma- mag- mag- magnums, yes. mag Magnums of I- m- uh, champagne, champagne. Oh, Iran. Uh, magnums of ice cream. Lots and lots of ice Cream.
1: Fair enough, I'm sure you're right. Uh, Okay, we'll wave that one through. Um, And uh, this this book, this is a Bible, yes? Yes, it's a gift. It says from Ronald Reagan.
0: It's a gift as a representation of our culture to yours. Yes, yes,
1: yes. (laughs) Right, and then finally, uh, what appears to be a chocolate cake. Yes. Is it a chocolate cake? Yes. Right, well, you can have the missiles, the guns, and the Bible, but we're keeping the chocolate cake. How about that?
0: Um, yes, okay, yeah, fair deal.